What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Big Cast, episode 168. It is a lovely Sunday morning here. I'm your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined by my illustrious panel, Mr. Ty Guy Travis, who's already laughing. What's lucky? How you doing, guys? Nice to see you. Nice and early for you? Yeah, loving it. Nice to see everybody. Bright, bright and beautiful faces. Dan, looking foul as ever. How you doing, buddy? Mm. Mm. I'm good. You're grunting like uh, Geralt. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. At this point. Yeah. <laughs> Storm coming. Mr. Rodriguez, I'm I'm doing here. well this morning? Yep. Just kind of, it's been a long weekend. Long weekend. A lot of stuff yeah. going on. So. that. It's been yeah. a long wait, weekend. Wait, wait, wait. When you have to help organize a wedding, I think that's uh, that's oh, the issue. Yeah. 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 That's the problem. <laughs> Nobody wants yeah. to do that. No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Joining us back, Mr. Friend of the Show, Mr. Windows Central Gaming Channel himself. You know him well. Miles, what's happening, brother? What is going on? Stoked to be on with you boys. Bright and early on a Sunday. Bless <laughs> up. Uh, I'm excited to get into it. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Always welcome here. So good morning, everyone. Um, today, we are going to be talking about uh, a lot of Gamescom stuff. So we got the uh, Destiny 2 live stream. Uh, we got the Xbox stream, and we got opening night live, Jeff Keighley's show, and there's a lot of announcements. Uh, one of the main things we're going to be talking about, though, is uh, Destiny 2. Like I said, we'll try and keep uh, Travis in check. Um, you know, he he has a lot of misinformation. He doesn't get things right a lot of the time, so we'll do our best. Um, but I want to talk about Destiny 2 and kind of like their roadmap and basically, you know, are they defining the live service genre? Because I think the, the reception to the live stream was very positive, and there's a lot of great content coming this way. We've got Gamescom. We've got uh, more Halo Infinite. We'll talk about, of course. Uh, we've got a Saints Row reboot, which is getting all kinds of backlash for reasons uh, I didn't even understand. Um, got Horizon Forbidden West, Call of Duty. We got a lot to talk about. So, first, before we get into that, let's uh, let's talk about what we've been playing. Um, and if you couldn't tell by my shirt, I've been playing nothing but Psychonauts 2. So. Anyone else playing it? Travis, I already asked you. You haven't started it yet. Miles, are you playing Psychonauts 2? I also haven't started it. I've been playing a couple of games for reviews that have all dropped around the same time. So I'm exactly yeah. in Miles' shoes. I want to. I want to give it the proper just few several days at least. So I haven't started. I haven't even started it. That's fair. That's fair. I. I this is a game that deserves your attention, your full attention. So, yeah. Dan, where are you at? You playing it? Not there, but. Uh... <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I, I I haven't played. I've only played like half of the first one, so I kind of want to finish it. Okay. Uh, other than that, I mean, but here's the thing. I'm I'm at that point now where I'm just like, you know what? I might just jump into two, you know, and just call it good because everybody seems to love it, yeah. you know. And and I'll give it a shot. But I, I, it's downloaded. I've gotten that far. That's as far <laughs> as I've gotten. There is a um, so when you start the game too, so you, everyone is aware. When you start the game, there is like a three-minute kind of video recap of the story to this point. Hmm. I, I um, watched that actually at the wedding because <laughs> I, uh, you know, thanks to XCloud Gaming, I was able to get, take my phone and I was like, "Hey, check this out, guys!" And I started. I was like, "Oh yeah, all right, yeah." Now I turned the Chiefs game on, and I was that was it. So, but yeah, it's not even the regular that. season. Why are you? I yeah. mean, what are you doing? It's, not, it, it's it's it was more entertaining than what I was doing. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Much. Fair enough. You want yeah. to hit the super chat real quick, yeah. Dan, while we get started? Yeah. Fat boy horror. I see Destiny is taking the was like Ghost of Tsushima route, Game of Thrones. 
what the heck is God? I don't know. But uh, yeah, last Tsushima, typically. Okay, yeah. that, that, that's what I thought. Last uh-huh. uh, last year, Beyond Light was uh, as as a bought expansion was fifty nine pounds. The deluxe edition, some edition or same edition for the Witch Queen, eighty seven ninety nine. That's insane to me. Do I have to get you glasses? Are you gonna be yeah, right over there? Yeah, <laughs> what well, are we doing? I'm to focus. Uh, I'm, I need to get you. Can't read my a monster. simple sentence. Yeah, I was I was struggling with that one. Sorry, okay. Fat Boy Hard, but thank you for the five pound super chat. Yes, thank awesome. you very much. Yeah, so yeah, we talk about that, right? The price, the price is especially in Europe. So eighty seven ninety nine for um, deluxe edition of Witch Green is crazy because that translates to about almost one hundred and twenty dollars. So, um, which you know, which comes I, what? Like, Travis, we're looking your way. So. Yeah. Well, what does that include for a hundred? Oh, so the deluxe edition is the Witch Queen expansion and all of the seasons that come out that year. So it's four seasons in total. So it's basically a year of destiny for. $80. Oh, and those, and those are normally ten bucks each, right? Yeah, and those are ten bucks yeah. each usually. Um, so it's it's actually not a bad price. The and then they have a bundle that is one hundred US dollars. So it'd probably be like one fifty in the UK. No, and no, no, no. A, uh, no, hundred US dollars is like sixty-five pounds, seventy pounds. Sixty-five. Wait, pound, so then, pounds are the strongest currency in the world. Okay, but they, but if, but by this logic, if the deluxe edition is eighty-seven pounds, then the American are like about one twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So we, the the one hundred dollar version in America would be even more than that. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm saying yeah, they, I'm they're sorry, charging more. They're we, we've charging made more this way more complicated. Than we <laughs> yeah, yeah, to. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be charged. Talking about right now. They're going to be charged like a hundred pounds for that version. I see so, what you mean. Okay, yeah, so it'd be like one hundred fifty bucks our our currency. Um, so uh, that version comes with all of that plus the thirtieth anniversary pack. Um, which which has like a, a bunch of uh, references to their old games and it has Gallerhorn and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. it's a it's a pretty expensive uh, pack, but also it's a a year of destiny. Which if you're like me, like you, you're going to get hundreds of hours of enjoyment out of it. I, that 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 said, I still empathize with what he's saying, and also I think Destiny charges you for way too many things because it has a seasonal model plus mainline expansions that come out year every year plus microtransactions all throughout the game. Like you yeah. get armor and uh, sparrows and ghosts and uh, now you're transmog for your armor. All of that is, is uh microtransacted, which I, I don't think they, I don't think they really need to be charging you like five different ways in, in destiny, yeah. but that's, that's yeah. where they're at. So yeah. Well, it's an expensive we'll, game. They have like 700 employees or something like that. So yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So we're going to talk actually a lot more about that specifically because that's kind of the conversation I want to lead into. But just before we get to that, do we, anyone playing anything you actually want to discuss or that's been uh, moving you a little bit? You guys said you're playing games for reviews. Anything good that you can uh, talk about? I can talk about one that shipped recently, and that's uh, Aliens Fire Team Elite. Did the, okay. did the review for Windows Central on that. Honestly, legitimately shocked by how good that game was. It's nice. a budget game, so it's it's somewhat repetitive. But yeah. if you like Gears of War, if you like Left 4 Dead, it's those two elements. But that team killed the soundtrack, the look, and the atmosphere of Alien games. Like I yeah. had, I was playing with somebody for the review who had never seen an Aliens movie going into it. What? Whoa. Yeah, which what? which is weird. Which is yes. 
understandably, I was a little confused. He played one session and then went and watched like every single Aliens movie after that. That's how much he like loved this world from playing this game. And that's a testament to how great this game looks. Um, so yeah, it's it's dumb, it's mindless, but um, yeah, it's if you're in the mood for that, it's it's totally worth checking out, especially for forty bucks. It's solid. Yeah, yeah, I've only played it for about two to three hours, but I've really enjoyed myself, and I especially like that it has the authentic kind of sound effects um, of the assault rifle. And when you kill an alien, they do that high pitched scream, um, mm -hmm. and there's things like that that are actually really cool because I'm a gigantic aliens fan one of my favorite movies ever so um yeah i the only thing is is like well one i've been addicted to psychonauts so i haven't gotten back to it but two it's much at least in my experience way 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 better with a couple friends like if yes. you three player yeah. co-op um trying to play it with like bots is just not the same so interesting very, very cool i want to play that one i might you might have convinced me to pick it up because i also enjoy the alien you said aliens ains i don't know if aliens that, is that refer to the second film second or? film yeah, I see. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to play that one. I've been working on a review for the Man Eater DLC, which is called Man Eater Truth Quest. Uh, <laughs> which the, uh, the, the, the shark is going after the truth. Okay. Got yes. It. Got it. Basically, the shark becomes a conspiracy theorist and wants to uncover the truth of lizard people or something. I. It's very. It's a very weird expansion. But my review will be out on Tuesday. Uh, playing that, I finally played 12 minutes. I got to the show late. I feel like I'm always like a week behind on the show. Like I'll probably, I'll probably come on next week and be like, "Oh yeah, I played Aliens Fire Team Elite, real good game." You know, but, uh, I'm always catching up because of my damn reviews. Uh, and then, uh, and then I've just been playing Destiny aside from that. And Hades yeah. still actually, I did, I did two quick runs this week, and they were both clear. So I'm still getting, nice. I'm still playing that game, man. Yeah, I once I get through psychonauts in the review i just want to i want to go back to 80s and do some more clears as well to get more of the story so it keeps um getting deeper man i the credits rolled a long time ago and i'm still discovering new stuff it's pretty crazy so. that's awesome that's awesome all right uh nix has a question and, and travis this will be a good one for you i want to get to it real quick is i always wanted to, uh, to try destiny 2 but seems daunting at this point is there a point that someone can start at and play without feeling so behind no <laughs> that's, that's not even lying and done and done. no he's there not lying go. because i i hadn't played it in about three years and i went back recently and the only reason i could figure out what the hell i was doing is because my stepson lives here and he's a travis he has like four thousand hours in destiny um and so he knows every detail and i was like okay where do i go what am i do what am i doing you know how do i do this with my weapons and he had to just help me along the way i had no idea what i was doing yeah yeah, yeah that's... that's my answer. The answer is no, unfortunately. I like like the, the best advice I could get you is if you really want to play, either you're just gonna have to pull the band-aid off because Destiny's uh ecosystem is a, a horror show and you will just have to like figure it out over dozens and dozens of hours, or just wait till Witch Queen and hope that they fix a lot of it. Because usually these big <laughs> yearly expansions are the best places to jump in because you can sort of ignore a lot of the stuff you missed and just pick up where you left off. And they have a timeline in the game now, so you can kind of understand the story so far and which DLCs to play in what order. But honestly, it, it's it's a nightmare. Like, it, the answer is no. There's no way to get in without feeling like you're completely lost. That's just the game. Yeah. So. And there's so much content there now, like which is awesome, right? Once you figure out what the hell you're doing. 
Um, but it's like, God, it's hard. And I don't, I don't like their kind of arbitrary level caps on certain things. Like I started playing through one expansion cause I'd never played it, uh, forsaken, like an older one, you know? Yep. Um, and my stepson was like, Oh, don't bother with that. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, everything you get is, is useless now. And I'm like, well, but I want to understand what's going on. Like that doesn't make any sense. And he's like, oh, I agree. But <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, there's, if there's two philosophies, if you're going in and just trying to play through all the major content to learn the story, then you probably shouldn't worry about level because you never need to be high level to beat the story anyway. Yeah. Or if you're just going into like min max and, and metagame and just like try to power your, your way up so that you can do end game activities, then there's no point in playing any of the campaigns period, even the new ones, because you know, the campaigns are the first thing you do in destiny. They're not, yeah. uh, they're not the, the way to, to power up. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, like I said, it's, it's such a mess that I have a show every week to talk about this and our episodes are like four hours long and we still uh, don't have enough time to talk about all the stuff that's in the game. So that should just give you a, 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 a clue about how lost we are as people who play this game religiously, that you have no hope. Abandon <laughs> all hope. Ye who that's all I have to say. Yeah, that's very true. Man, good to see all the faces in the house. I see puppies all the way from Australia. What's up, brother? Uh, Joe in the house. Neo, good to see you. Neo, we're not talking about boyfriend dungeons. Stop it. All right, we're done with that for now. But should we, though? <laughs> should we, though? Now we're, now we're, now we're getting somewhere. Dan, I W. Good to see all you guys. Let me get the super chat. Dan, you want to hit it up? Yeah, I've increased my uh, screen resolution and size of text <laughs> to 150%. Neo GameSpark, uh, $5 super chat. I second Destiny being confusing AF. Man, I really wanted to say that. Uh, I tried jumping back in a few months and dropped it after a few days. Lol. I'm gonna keep trying though. <laughs> you know what? He is—he's basically that's where I'm at with Destiny. Like my son is a humongous Destiny fan, huge. He loves it. Like when it all the everything dropped with the Witch Queen, he came up and he's just like telling me everything. Yeah, I was lost in the first 15 seconds, you know. But it's it's cool to see that passion that the fans have for it, and it, it's it's I tried probably right around when you got back into it with your stepson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I tried to jump back in. And I remember messaging you. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't understand what's going on. I have no clue. I think I told start. you you're asking the wrong person. Yeah, it was. It was, <laughs> like, it was I don't bad. know. Oh, man, it was bad. Yeah, it was, it was just it was just I mean, it's cool. Though. I mean, like, I love the gameplay. I love you know a lot of things about it. It's just I don't know what to do. Like, there's there's no direction. Yeah. You know, so. Well, yeah, that's good luck uh, to anybody. Yeah. Starting. yeah, no doubt. Neo, thanks, man. Appreciate the super chat. Um, so why don't we go ahead and jump over to it? I mean, we're we're already into it anyway. So um, hot topic. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is, and and I kind of wanted to talk about it on a broader level because you know we got the the stream. So let's talk about that. And I think the broader kind of question or or concept I wanted to talk to you guys about is if you if you look at Destiny and you look at what they laid out this week with Witch Queen. Queen, excuse me, and and beyond, right? They talked about the, the broader future of what the game is going to be. Um, I started to look at it holistically and, and look across the industry from at least a console perspective, right? We're not talking about full MMOs like Final Fantasy XIV or anything, but it doesn't feel like there's anything like it um, in the console space. Uh, it's almost like MMO light, you know, and, and it's got a lot of amazing things about it. And I think Bungie's kind of paving the way forward. Um, so I want to larger topic talk about that concept but before we get there let's do a rundown of what was actually announced because i think honestly a lot of people didn't catch the stream a lot of people 
are hearing the buzz about Destiny again, but like we've already seen in the chat and myself and Dan and Miles and others, we have no idea what the, where Destiny is even at or what's going on with it, right? Or how you jump in. Um, so Travis, if you don't mind, and I'm, you know, I'm going to be leaning on you a lot here, but I did watch the stream. I sat down and watched the whole stream. So I, I am kind of up to date on what's happening, but the core of it is, is um, they've got Bungie's 30th anniversary coming this fall, right? And they're celebrating that in a number of ways. Winter. Oh, winter, excuse me. Yeah. And they're, they're kind of doing this pack. They've even got some armor. I saw armor with like needles on it from the Needler, which is mm -hmm. amazing, by the way. Um, so they're paying homage to their classics. And then Witch Queen is their next kind of big, big expansion, which comes out February 22nd. Correct. Um, and that uh, they talked about that bringing a whole bunch of new things to the game. Uh, obviously, uh, the largest campaign they've done. They really focused on story. I think they said. Uh, keep me honest, please. Uh, weapon crafting is coming to Destiny, which is very cool. And customization, I think that's a you know, depending how they do it, that's a nice addition. Um, along with a lot of other things, and they talked about kind of their plan through twenty twenty three, which is kind of crazy to think about. But I guess that's twenty twenty five actually. Twenty twenty five, and then yeah. So, we won't go off on a tangent, but they've announced previously that their next universe, their next game, right, is supposedly coming in 2025 as well. So mm -hmm. anyway, um, so from a Destiny fan like yourself, you know, uh, Fireteam Chad and uh, Last Word and everything, shout out to uh, Cog and the guys over there in Abantus. Um, how are you guys feeling about this? Because the buzz from an outside looking in, it felt like a lot of positivity from the stream and a lot of interest and kind of destiny kind of coming back to the forefront. Yeah, uh, it, it it is incredibly exciting. I think everybody in the destiny community is very excited by all the stuff they announced because it's just been a little light for a while. Um, even like through Beyond Light and stuff, people have been happy with the quality of the content, but there really hasn't been a lot of the content and things are generally slow moving. And I think that it just has a lot to do with the fact that Bungie is now the world's largest indie studio, right? Like they, that's sort of what it comes down to, right? They're they They are an independent studio. They lost a lot of their resources with the Activision split a couple years back. Um, and so this is just extremely um, inspiring, right? Like we're getting this, this great 30th anniversary pack uh, this winter. We're getting a proper big expansion. And then for the next year, we're getting endgame content, whether it's a dungeon or a raid uh, content for, for the next year. And then beyond, they've just explained their plans are not only to support this game until 2025, but they've said that Destiny 2, not Destiny, Destiny 2 is going to continue <laughs> beyond 2025. Um, and, and so, yeah, just like at a at a high level, just the amount of support and dedication and showing that they're like not done with destiny by a long shot and the, that it's going to be here and that they have really big ambitious plans is really exciting. Um, and then just on like a more granular level, all the actual content they announced just looks great. Like the witch queen looks like it's going to have a ton of really great uh, narrative threads. And we're finally going to get to see some of the crazy destiny threads that have never been uh, closed or, you know, We've never gotten answers to the millions of questions we have. We're finally going to start getting some answers. They're putting a new weapon type into the game, the Glaive, which is a cool yeah. melee slash ranged uh, type. Weapon crafting. Uh, uh, they're uh, finally giving us some more PvP content that we've not gotten for like the past two years almost. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot to be excited about, and the community's really amped. Um, and I and I, I think I predict the Witch Queen will be 
um, probably as big as like the Taken King in terms of like mm-hmm. bringing players back uh, to the fore and and uh, and uh, re-energizing the the fan base that already exists there. So that's my uh, my elevator take. If it's an extremely long elevator ride. Um, yeah yeah so we've got plenty we can dive into there and sark in the chat good buddy of mine he's a diehard destiny guy as well uh i know he's got tons and tons of hours into it um yeah so and he just said actually keeping people engaged until december and i was i was actually as you were talking and i saw his comment i was thinking to myself yeah and there's obviously a lot of competition come the fall right especially Mm -hmm. with halo returning um and we know how good halo multiplayer is so I, i you know for me personally destiny pvp is a zero chance zero sum like there's no chance i would even waste my time on it but um you know the campaign itself is uh you know is what's interesting to me especially the witch queen and i think it looks it looks amazing the trailer for the witch queen itself was stunning like one of the best trailers i've seen in a while so um so miles you know i know we we've kind of touched on it high level you said you kind of similar to uh it sounds like me and dan and others where it's like you kind of dabble with destiny here and there as you kind of took this in this week and you hear everything travis is talking about does this you know from your perspective is this something that would bring someone like yourself back into the fold yeah i i hope like travis touched on there's a way for new players to get introduced to the game more on a broader sense because i jumped in with the series x and s enhancements and yeah, yeah which, which are great by the way yeah game looks yeah. beautiful runs beautifully but my god it's so overwhelming to dive in like i played destiny year one hard destiny two year one really hard fell off so i i I took a couple year break tried to jump back in because i have friends that play it i heard all the positive buzz around it wanted to get back in but yeah like like travis said you have to spend hours and hours and hours of your life trying to understand what you're doing and understand this world and i i love that they're finally delivering on the the dream of destiny one this this game that lives and breathes for 10 years and it seems like with Destiny 2, that, that's the goal. They want to have this project running, and they want to keep adding content to it, which is awesome. We're, not, we're no longer in a point in time where we have to have sequels just for the sake of having sequels. You can add content to a game. You can add features to a game and just have it breathe and keep the community engaged. So I will be checking out the, the, the new expansion in February, and I'm, I'm hoping that it, that it sucks me back in in the way that I got sucked in you know, year one of Destiny 1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling about the same. I'm hoping that it kind of, like I said, it, it pulls me in. I, I think my only concern, like I said before the show is that, and we'll t- touch on it too, but Horizon Forbidden West now launches on February 18th, four days before Witch Queen. And mm-hmm. I'm a huge Horizon fan. So I think uh, I'll probably wait till I'm done Horizon, but that's, you know, a few weeks. It's not a big deal in the, in the grand scope of things. Oh, it um, is. It is. Destiny, <laughs> Destiny is a play it when it comes out yeah. or be lost again. You know, it waits for no it. man. It really does. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I. so I also loved uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Actually, I think I reviewed it. Uh, I think I gave it a nine. But uh, As did that, I. nice. But yeah, but that, I mean, that game, that game can wait. It's like a single player game. And hey. the, the Destiny on the other side, <laughs> I mean, it, it can. I, I mean, it can like just like logistically. Yes, I know. What you I'm not mean. saying like spiritually, uh, but like you, you can, you, you can put that on the shelf and pick it up and it'll be just as good. Destiny, if you're not playing the Witch Queen when it's live, you're going to miss a lot of like the everybody figuring things out together and being yeah. a part of that community and not being completely lost. Cause the biggest thing, the biggest mistake people make is like miles where he jumped in 
during the Series X updates, which is like mid-season when everybody else had already kind of gotten past like the initial launch <laughs> stuff. And then you jump in and you're like, all right, not only is this ecosystem incredibly confusing, but I am like separated from the rest of the players in, in a really not cool way. So it's just one of the problems with games as a service. I mean, if you're not like standing in the world of Fortnite when they destroy it, you just miss that, right? Like you just you don't get to be a part of it because you weren't there when it happened. And destiny has a lot of that same, um, that, that same kind of issue. That's yeah. What it is. I had to mute myself cause I'm choking. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I think you're right. I think that's part of the problem. Um, <clears throat> and maybe we know Destiny's a gigantic community and there's tens of millions of players, but I think what maybe turns some people off is exactly that. Like it's just too daunting and they feel yeah. like from the outside coming in, it's like, where do I even, not only where do I even begin, but like, how am I going to jump in with people who have all this shared experience over the past several years? Um, and I, I kind of wonder because like, if you look at Final Fantasy 14, I know that's come up a lot lately um, on this chat and I know Neo was in the chat and he's a huge fan of it as well, but it's growing like very strongly in the MMO space. In fact, it, it seems to be pulling people off of wow uh in, in gigantic numbers which is impressive but from what i and i haven't played it so i don't know so anyone can correct me but <clears throat> from what i hear there's there's a lot of content in that game that kind of warms you up to what's going on in that world right it kind of introduces you to concepts introduces you to what's happening where you go to do things um kind of welcomes new players it's just one of the things that confuses me about destiny is they not only change the beginning of the game multiple times now because I've I've played it at multiple steps and I'm like what the hell's going on, but it, they just it's so obtuse for new players. There's nothing just guiding you to show you how things work fundamentally, and I don't know why that is after eight years. Yeah, I mean they have they have opposite <clears throat> philosophies. Destiny's philosophy is uh, cut off the previous beginning of the game and just get them right into the current action because the old irrelevant stuff people don't really play and it's it it's not useful for you to play anyway because there's less to explain about destiny it's point and shoot and you have some powers like it takes like four seconds to tutorialize <laughs> you whereas final fantasy has like a million different commands and buttons and systems etc final fantasy 14's uh philosophy is make you play 100 hours before you even understand the game and then even then uh, it's like, uh, okay, you know, you know how you ever, you ever had a friend tell you, oh, this game gets super good after the first 80 hours and your eyes just like roll. <laughs> I say that all the time. Full. Yes. Like I, I, when I hear that, I'm just like, no, like I don't, I have no interest in playing 80 <clears throat> hours of a game that isn't, you want me to play like 10 games that aren't good to get to your one game that is <laughs> like, I'm just not going to do that. That's insane. So, but, but counter to that is you're saying you have <clears throat> I'm sorry <clears throat> you have a you have thousands of hours in destiny right yeah so if if the game is that broad and has that much potential what's 10 20 hours to understand all the concepts of it yeah i just i i think the it wouldn't be helpful in destiny because it's a first person shooter it's just a different type of game like you can understand everything you need to know about how to play destiny in like a 5 minute mission and so that's what they've used to to put tutorials because the ongoing story isn't necessary and there's not like a million. Well, there are a million different systems, but those a million different systems aren't necessary to understand how to play the game. And they kind of phase you in over time. Uh, whereas Final Fantasy, it's just like there's a years, years of like story that you probably have to understand to understand any of the new content. 
and then their systems because it's a proper mmo take a really long time to understand so um i get what you're saying i just think like they're both bad is my feeling. <laughs> they, they really are like they're both just such this is the double-edged sword of uh of mmos is that like there, there are these massive ongoing undertakings, but getting in, it feels like a little bit of a clubhouse and the attach rate is really difficult as well. So, I mean, I, I like Final Fantasy 14 and, and any game that's pulling players away from WoW, I will not be upset with because WoW is to me just like the most generic, boring MMO. Like I'm tired of hearing about it. So uh, <laughs> I, I have no problem with it. I'm just saying like they got problems too over in Final Fantasy 14. <clears throat> I, I got into that game and let me tell you, it is a... It is uh, equally as a horror show as Destiny, just in a different, <laughs> in a completely different way. So what we're saying is, no developer has really figured out the golden arrow of introducing new players to a massive, ongoing world. Yeah, even if there is a way to do that correctly, I'm not convinced that there is. It just seems like <laughs> if, if you have a massive, ongoing world that took <clears throat> current players years to understand, catching somebody up seems like it's always just going to be a huge pain in the neck. Yeah, so, a daunting task. No idea. Yeah, I would, I would quickly point out one game that has kind of tried to find a balance that I think is successful is Sea of Thieves. There's still some work to be done there with the way they present new ideas, but they introduced this concept called the, the Maiden Voyage, which serves as a tutorial for the broad kind of systems of the game. And then once you complete that, you can go and you can talk to people at Outposts and you can look at this basically book. And these, these tall tales serve as a way to introduce players to the world and the systems in a way that delivers a campaign while also, you know, delivering on the, all the kind of subtle mechanics that the game has. So they need to do some work, but I think in terms of games of the service and games that add new content and some people have no idea how it works, I think they are getting there compared yeah. to Final Fantasy and uh, Destiny. That's a good point. I really do like Sea of Thieves. I, I will say the one caveat is Sea of Thieves has way less to explain than either Final Fantasy or Destiny in terms of content and also story and that sort of thing. But yeah, Sea of Thieves is, uh, I, I won't complain with that because I actually, my relationship with Sea of Thieves is sort of like <laughs> you guys' relationship with Destiny, which is I jump in every once in a while when there's a big update and I don't feel as lost in Sea of Thieves, but I also feel like it's easier to understand because it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a pirate. I'm just going to go have a sandbox. Like, it's, like, what do I need to know to, to do that? So, uh, it is like an open yeah. sandbox for sure. Yeah. Um, so on Destiny, <clears throat> Witch Queen expansion, I know we've kind of touched on it at a high level, but is there, from a campaign perspective, right? Is this the content we're, we're talking about getting new players, or either new players or players like, the, the other three of us who kind of jump in on the go. Um, it, <clears throat> is the campaign for Witch Queen, do you think, going to be expansive enough and kind of dedicated enough from a story perspective where players can jump into that expansion, play through it, and have a broad idea of what's going on? Because I don't know all the nuances, uh, Travis, but yeah. it, it sounds like the whole Witch Queen thing and, and the hive and everything that go along with that has a lot of context from prior content that mm -hmm. people like us may not necessarily get. Yeah. Um, does it, you know, do you think that campaign so is going to be meaningful for people like us? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I do. I, so yeah, I, I actually think this is something destiny does relatively well, which is like, you can see a star Wars movie and still enjoy it without like knowing all of the EU lore and like what every character in the background was doing and all the Easter eggs and stuff like that. And I think destiny is very similar to that. Like if you want to know all the, 
extra stuff that kind of leads up to the witch queen they'll let you dive in and read like lore entries and get as deep as you want but it's not necessary to understand and enjoy the campaign and witch queen is like it couldn't be more simple as a concept it's hey remember that guy that we all killed years ago oryx which like a lot of probably everyone here who's tried destiny did that campaign because it was one of the more popular ones um well this is his sister and she also doesn't really like you and uh i mean that's that's like pretty easy right and then everything else you'll kind of like figure out as you play um but yeah i i think this is going to be one of the best campaigns for new players even if you just buy witch queen or played in game pass or however it is that you you gain access to it just to just to play through the campaign it sounds like the campaign is going to be meteor they compared it to god of war and titanfall 2 and you know those sorts of uh linear uh uh, single player campaign games i think you'll be able to play it from beginning to end and really enjoy it without having to then go the extra step and dive deep into the end game and doing all that stuff i think that i think they're sort of separating right they're trying to make like a casual experience you can just play and have fun and then a deeper experience that happens in the end game that you can just go into which uh they've had a hard time separating those two in the past sure. so it sounds like it sounds like they're they're uh attempting to do to do this more otherwise they just made a huge mistake by comparing themselves to god of war and titanfall 2 but i i don't think they, they i don't think they did that lightly i think they know hey 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 people who like those sorts of experience we're doing this campaign for you and, yeah. and so i i think uh yeah if, if you're jumping in you don't need to know anything about it <coughs> trust me it's not it yeah the the story is both incredibly nuanced and deep and also like the dumbest like uh, easiest to understand <laughs> ever so uh yeah. yeah have fun with it and take it for what it is at whatever level you want to experience it that's my i opinion. gotcha okay fair enough fair enough uh <clears throat> so uh heisenberg says i started playing destiny this past week game pass have an absolute blast with it but i had to watch hours of youtube content to catch up on the story and i'm still not sure what's going on okay. so that's kind of exactly what we're talking about yeah. um my man forte in the house good to see you man dan you want to hit this up dude yeah thanks for the uh 9.99 super chat uh i bought the collector's edition for witch queen Ains, if you have uh, if you need a guide hit me up i've had a love-hate <laughs> relationship with destiny <laughs> but uh there isn't a game like it anywhere else I have 7,327 hours just on Xbox alone. That is very specific, but thank you. <laughs> that is very specific. That's a fan right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yep. 7,000 hours on one platform, man. I, I can't wow. even – what does that even come out to, like, in days? Somebody do some math. I'm not uh, good. It's, it's Three times, uh, 300 days, something like that. That's a yeah, year of your life. I'm playing Destiny. Yeah, since I mean, 2013, I'm sure. That's uh, I don't know if that's just Destiny 2, but I'm sure it's both. But thank you, Forte, for the super chat, man. Wow. Appreciate that. Uh, I One of the concepts we've kind of been joking about, right, are like Sherpas. People like Travis. People like Forte. People like Sarko in the chat who, who, who know all this stuff. And you can just jump in their backpack and ride along with them so they can show you. That's what my stepson did. Like, I finished the new raid when it came out. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> no idea i had he he's like all right we got to do this mission get you this weapon do this mission get you this weapon and i had all these new weapons and then he's like all right go stand here go shoot that go do this and i'm like all right i beat all the new content no idea what happened not <laughs> nice. a clue. just a blur yeah not nice. a, not a clue i will yeah, tell I, you what, whatever that raid was where you go out in space uh and you have to walk outside and okay yeah and and the music it was stunning i got to give him credit it was amazing yeah. 
So, so that's a pretty great game. Yeah. Uh, gaming 4K, <laughs> totally agree with you. I actually don't know any Destiny players with hundreds or thousands of hours who don't have a love-hate relationship with Destiny. <laughs> I say all the time, Destiny is one of the best and 10 of the worst games I've ever played. Uh, and I still stand by that. So, Wow. Wow. It, and it's funny because there's quite a few people in chat here who are similar, right? Forte and Sark and some others have talked about their time with it. And and like you just said, it's like there's so many. It's such a big community now. I was pretty shocked to see them say that since it was since when they've had 20 million new players to Destiny since last year or something. I don't know what the timeline was. Um, but I mean, the community is just so big now um, that it's, it's funny to always run into these people that have several hundred or even thousands of hours in the game and still complain about it. You know, it's just. It's oh, it's impossible concept. not to. It's impossible not to. <laughs> Every everyone who gets that deep in Destiny has some problems. It's just, yeah, uh, it's just the nature. Mister Badbit has a question for me. He has a question for uh, you. Hit it up. Yeah, uh, the answer is it's going to be pretty hard. Uh, the The Grandmaster Nightfall is you basically have to be max power level, which means that in one season you've got to put in like. Quite a few hours, I would say at least a couple dozen. You can do it over weeks, but you have to power level to get max level. And then you've got to find two sweat lords like myself who are going to be willing to like push you through a Grandmaster Nightfall uh, raid or Grandmaster Nightfall activity because those are super tough. Like if you get hit, like, like you have the smallest enemy ever shoot you three times and your character's just like, ah, and dies. It's, <laughs> it's uh, really, uh, really uh, hardcore, but. For players like myself, like we run nightfalls pretty regularly at the end of the season. So if you're willing to put in the time to get to max level during that season and then find two people like myself who can push you through it, um, it's attainable. But you definitely it's not like a log on once and get it done. Like you're going to have to commit to actually try to get that those uh, final trophies. But um, the good news is you can get them to pop both at the same time. All you have to do is just beat the Grandmaster Nightfall and you're no, both okay. of those. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So bigger topic for you guys is, <clears throat> as we said at the start, right, it, is this is what Destiny is becoming. And, and you talked about the roadmap through 2025, uh, Travis. But is there any other game like this on the console front? If you take away the kind of PC MMOs, right, the, the big grand scale ones like we were talking about, is there any other game that is a platform that's now living for eight years, essentially, right? Um that it just continues to expand in this way and broaden the community and broaden the lore and its environments and continue to add new concepts like this. And I think what you said is really pertinent, Travis, around, or maybe it's Miles, I'm sorry, um, around like games, you don't have to just do a straight sequel anymore. It's not like a, a straight cut one and two and three and four. Um, you have a platform and we've even talked about Halo Infinite being the same way and, and 343 is approaching it from the, that's why it's Halo Infinite and that's why they're building this live service platform right is to add to it over time um so i think they're going down the same route and i i think destiny though has kind of led the way i think bungie was very um a lot of foresight in where gaming was going from a gaming perspective and i don't know if they get enough credit for despite the issues we've talked about with destiny and despite their learnings along the way they're kind of paving a path that no other company has really successfully done and I know that uh, Fortnite and Epic have been like, okay, they, they're people say they're kind of defining live service with their big events and their Ariana Grande show and you know all these things. But Fortnite is such a contained experience in my mind. It's a it's a very 
narrow experience in terms of gameplay, whereas Destiny feels like a broad universe with a whole lot of other things going on in it. Um, and I don't see anyone else doing that. Do you think that, one, do you think, do you agree with me? Two, do you think that uh, this is the future for bigger developers who can afford to develop these types of games? Do you see this becoming a bigger thing that's more common, you know, in the years to come? Miles, I'll start with you, man. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, we're obviously seeing more and more people dabble with this approach. Like like you touched on, Halo Infinite. There was, you know, some people who think maybe that's not the right approach for Halo. I think as we've seen with Destiny and other games, there is huge potential. And you don't have to have this hard divide. Uh, I think Destiny is doing a great job of having this long tail, keeping players engaged, adding meaningful content. And I think what makes Destiny so successful is the fact that it takes all the kind of fundamental elements of a great MMO but my biggest issue, and I think a lot of people agree, generally speaking, the, the gameplay of MMOs is not that compelling. You have yeah. a fun, like a basic gameplay loop that's not that engaging. But Destiny takes that formula and kind of expands on it by giving you gameplay that feels damn good. Like Destiny yeah. feels great. So you get all these deep systems and mechanics and the game feels good. So assassin's creed we're going to see the next assassin's creed is going to dabble with this approach and That's people true. are kind of concerned about that but i think you know if they're doing it in this way and looking at you know the lessons they can learn from other teams i think this ultimately is a good approach i'm definitely not against the live service model and destiny's biggest problem for me right now is the the monetization of these expansions because yeah it's kind of antiquated they're they're using old old-fashioned MMO expansion monetization and they're dividing their player base. You have to buy this content, this expansion if you want to play this. Sorry. Yeah. Whereas a lot of other games are moving away from that and saying, you don't have to buy the core content. Here's other ways we can monetize. And I think Destiny needs to figure that out <clears throat> ultimately to really be the greatest live service experience. But they have an amazing foundation and if they can tweak their monetization, yeah, this game will be going for years and years. <clears throat> I think you're um, spot on there. Um, and I think what, what and Travis, you touched on this, I think what makes it doubly worse is, if that's a thing, is uh, all the little aspects of it, like, you know, the things you have to do for weapons and transmogs and everything else, because that almost feels like a free-to-play model or mobile model where you've got all these little individual things that pick away at you. Um, that definitely yeah. needs to be simplified where all players have the same content and there's ways for the whales, if you will, or the dedicated players who are going to spend money and really support the development. Now, we do have to understand, of course, that the development of games of this nature uh, is astronomical, right? I mean, the money that Bungie invests is is gigantic. So, yeah, there's got to be a way to do it. I think, I think Bungie's learned along the way, and they're still learning, right? Uh, and I think as more companies move into this area with the Halos, with the Assassin's Creed, the big companies that can afford to do it. Um, I think they'll learn off of one another. We did the same, we saw the same thing with microtransactions and loot boxes and season passes and all these things have kind of evolved as companies kind of figure out what is too egregious for players and what's what's acceptable, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, one second, Travis, let me get these comments real quick because I know uh, I'm sure you've got some commentary here. Um, Sark uh, and Paris as well both said, you know, it's a shame that Division hasn't gone the same way. And I completely agree. I love Division. Uh, I know Dan has a lot of hours in it as well. Like personally for me, I think I've put more time into Division than I have Destiny uh, just because I prefer the looting in it and some other things. But it's a shame that Ubisoft isn't taking the same approach. I guess we'll see what they do with this free to play Division Heartland, but I don't have a lot of confidence. Um, mm -hmm. 
Uh, da, 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 I'm sorry, though. I thought there was something else. <clears throat> no. Uh, yeah, get Mo's super chat real quick. Yeah, 999 super chat. Thank you, Mo. Good morning, boys. Cheers to the panel and everyone watching. Hit that like button and give the non clout chasing creators like this <laughs> some love. Cheers. <laughs> we only Mo. chase clout in our time off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Only, right. yeah. Only on Mondays and Thursdays. Right. Um, <laughs> Very dedicated, small period. Of time. <laughs> Mo, thank you, brother. As always, uh, definitely check out uh, Backlog Chronicles on Sunday nights. Uh, if you're not already checking those guys out, our good friends over there. Thanks, as always. Appreciate it. All right. Um, Travis, you were uh, going to touch on uh, the points around what we said, live service miles yeah. as well. Uh, so, so first, I want to say like the the monetization thing, I think Bungie is just doing completely wrong. And what's funny is I'm sort of alone in that in that thinking when it comes to the Destiny community because the Destiny community is so close to it and they see so much content having it being offered that they're just like, oh yeah, like a hundred bucks, like not a big deal. Like, why are you complaining? Like this is criminally undervalued is, is a phrase I've heard before. And I 100% get that because it's, you know, it's a game that you're playing every day, but the issue with, with destiny is exactly what you're, what you were saying is they, they've evolved their model over the years by adding different things. Like they had loot boxes for a while and then they switched that out to this sort of like, uh, everything you buy is cosmetic. It's not pay to win, but uh, they have just like a huge offering of microtransactions. And as they added all this stuff over the years, they never took anything away. Yeah. They still have the old model of like, you pay for yearly expansions, you pay for season passes, all the stuff. And so they're, they're sort of in between and they're, they're, they're getting a little greedy with like how many times they ask the community for money. Um, and meanwhile, you know, you know, Bungie's thriving. They're building an entire new like campus for their employees and like, you know, making an anime and, and they have a, they were on game pass this year. I'm sure they've made some money off that. So, um, that, you know, they're, they've, you got to figure they're making money hand over fist. And so I, I 100% agree. And I, I think the destiny community, uh, loves the game so much. They're happy to pay a hundred bucks, but just looking at it as an outsider, I always try to think of like, you know, the, the Ainses of the world who are like logging on with their son and like just trying to figure out what the heck's going out. And honestly, the payment model is already one of the things I get people DMing me all the time going like, so how, what do I have to buy to play? And that's an insane idea to me. It's like, and then I go, well, I mean, you got to buy the expansion. And then if you want to play the old stories, you have to buy the expansions for those too, unless you yeah. have game pass. And then some of the expansions are free to play, but not all of them. And then also there's seasons. You want to make sure you own the season pass or at least the season that you currently play. Oh, and then of course, you know, there's some stuff you're just going to have to buy piecemeal. And by that point, they're like, all right, you've already convinced me not to play the game. Like, <laughs> I'm, I think, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, I don't even know what to buy. Like that, that is uh, such a big problem. So I totally think they're back. They're behind in that regard. They need to figure out like, what is a fair deal to the consumer and what also makes it less complicated? Like what is the simplest way to do it? I don't agree that they're like, super old school with with uh, mmos like because they do not have a subscription and they've never had and they've they've stayed yeah. far away from that so they are they are distancing themselves from that stuff but yes their their system is outdated um on the the original question Ains, which is like is destiny changing the game like is it is it going to change gaming and continue to do so i would say yes absolutely i think i think destiny has created a genre uh, that didn't exist. It's sort of in between MMOs and shooters, and it sort of pioneered the games as a service model that now Fortnite and other games benefit from. And there are a 
there are just piles of corpses that tried to do the same thing that Destiny is doing, and none of them succeeded. And oh, she talked bad about Anthem on this show. Hey, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> Anthem, Anthem is a rotting, bloated corpse in the I river know, I know. that tried to be that tried to be a Destiny and didn't make it. And even games like Division, there's been a lot of love in the, <laughs> the chat for this uh, the show about Division. Division's a great game, but it has the same problem a lot of these games have had, which is they come out the gates really strong and then they die on the sword of supporting the game. Supporting the game is the hardest thing about a games as a service game, keeping the content flowing, keeping the communication and the community kind of alive. And Bungie has succeeded because, you know, they have a weekly TWAB. They uh, they have managed to pump out at least a little bit of content. You know, they have dry spells, but they they keep content going and the quality of the content and the amount of content you get out of a out of destiny it has not been replicated by any game so far and that's why so many of these games end up dying eventually um even if their their base game is really good and so i just think um i i just think the, the gaming will never be the same uh who knows if anything will ever kill destiny i i don't i don't believe in killers anymore i think that uh, there's just how the all the halo industry. killers doing yeah the halo killers <laughs> i honestly just think the games industry is big enough for everybody to succeed so there's not really killers anymore yes. there can be two or three destinies it doesn't there doesn't have to be one um and and uh but i but i think yeah it, it Bungie has always been at the forefront of the stuff and they did it with destiny. I don't know how they keep having so much lightning and bottles, but they they're, they're just doing it. And I think they'll continue to define it. Um, even if they eventually, you know, decide to sunset it or whatever, which it doesn't sound like they have any, have any plans to do. I think, uh, their influence on the games industry and the, what they've managed to accomplish is remarkable and, 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 uh, and, uh, will will have changed the will will be like a landmark in gaming regardless of what how it ends up uh going in the future it, it's uh it's pretty remarkable and and as somebody who's been in it i'm kind of confused how i got involved in all this destiny business it was just <laughs> it's just a game i decided to play one day for like the beta and now i'm like talking on shows every week about it and i'm just like so deep uh, it's kind of a, a sunk, sunk cost fallacy at this point. I'm just like, I've got to, I've got to continue on this thing. I've been in the game for too long. So uh, I love it, man. I could talk about destiny all day as, as some people. Yeah. I mean, these are oh. clearly pure fanboy takes over here. I don't yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Um, yeah. A lot of people. Credit. Sorry. Um, got to give them credit. Whether you know, like no, that's, that's my point. It. Like even for someone like me who doesn't actively play it, um, you just, Again, big picture, right? You look at what they're doing with the with the game, the service, and what it's it to your point impact on the uh, gaming industry, and it's huge. You have to recognize it, um, even if you don't like the game. You know, at least be honest with yourself. They they're paving the way, um, and I think uh, yeah, Hassan asked in the chat, and I just mentioned that too. Division Heartland, I that could be what Ubisoft is going to try to do with Division for the long term future. But my confidence in them doing that incredibly low um next to zero so uh you know we'll see because i just i don't have you know i know people are worried about assassin's creed too miles brought up the where assassin's creed is going and i think you've got assassin's creed community is another one that's completely split you've got the people who love the new big rpg ones and the people like dan and mo and others i know who love the older school you know pure assassin assassin's creed games and it's it's hard to keep a community together man it really is so the, the biggest thing is, I mean, you see the success, I think, of something like what Bungie did here with Destiny 2. But 
for some reason, and this is a problem, I think, in the game industry as a whole, like nobody can successfully emulate anything that is successful, which it sounds weird, but like if you look at something like Anthem, you know, the blueprints were there ahead of time with several games. You look at something like Dest or D Division 2, you know, instead of coming and, and, and continuing the live service and continuing to put out content, they decide to, you know, put a stop. This is where we're going to, you know, this is where we're at. You know, we're done. We're just going to make a new game. It, to me, it sounds like that would be a more expensive task. And I'm not a game developer, so I don't know. But to start fresh and, and, and just create a whole new experience in game instead of adding, you know, and, and, subtracting what needs what needs to be done in the in the game itself like what Bungie's doing and, and you gotta you know like i said i'm not a destiny guy but you can see that it's successful and you can see that this is going to be kind of the future i think going forward and i think if other companies emulate what they're doing they're going to be just as successful assuming that they can provide the content because content is key mm -hmm. you know and even though i have no idea what's going on there is so okay. much content and you know which is part of the problem but the fans love it. So what are you going to do, man? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And by the way, uh, you know, uh, we did miss a super chat. Let me okay. get back to it. Yes. Xbox expansion pass. Ah, yes. Joe sucks. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Luke with his input for uh, the destiny conversation. Is that Joe? Yes. Sucks? Yes. Thanks. Hard hitting brother. stuff. <laughs> from the Xbox expansion pass. Check them out on YouTube. Heisenberg <laughs> in the chat asks, "What's the biggest piece of advice you'd there give you a new player to Destiny?" Yeah, yeah. Um, play the don't. division. Yeah, <laughs> play the division. My, my big, my biggest advice is don't do it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so I guess here, if, here was Dano's response. Do you agree with this? <clears throat> uh, no, I don't. I don't agree with that. I, I, uh, I tried, I, Dano. I, I tried. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I just think the worst thing you could do in getting into Destiny is be like, oh, you know, watch like a four-hour bite video to understand the story or watch, you know, a season video to understand the. It's like, dude, the biggest piece of advice I have is if you really want to get into Destiny, first of all, my pr first piece of advice is don't do it. But my second piece of advice is that if you're going to do it, just do it with friends. That's the only way to get through Destiny. You have to clutch onto a friend and just enjoy having fun with it and figuring it out or having somebody guide you through it and explain it to you. Doing it alone is like a foolhardy effort. And it's also not really how destiny is supposed to be played. Like it's a game, it's a social game. You kind of need to do it with your friends. So uh, just, just play, play with your friends. Um, don't, don't die. Don't do too much homework before getting into it. You'll already be tired by the time you turn on the game. That's my advice. <laughs> It, it sounds like, to Dano's point, um, it could also maybe depend on the type of person you are. There are those people who enjoy True. watching lore videos. I've done it for all the Souls games, you know, especially with like Vadi Vidya's vids. I mean, he's amazing, right? He's very well known. So I think, or, but to your point, um, the gameplay of Destiny is what has, I think, helped it survive because it is so fluid and in so fun to just play. So I think jumping in with friends to your point and just playing, even if you don't understand everything going on around you, like I said, I did with my stepson, it was, I was still having fun. Um, and you can kind of pick up things along the way as well. So, all right. Uh, yeah. Shout out to body. No doubt. Miles. Um, dude's amazing. By the way, Elden Ring, Elden Ring content this week. Oh, 40 man. minutes of Elden Ring. Is Let's that what's go. next or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'll have you back on. We're going to do an Elden Ring special for sure. Hell yeah. Uh, <clears throat> 
Uh, game positive in the chat. What's up, brother? He said, I don't think Destiny is nearly that complex. To master the end game, yes, you'll need to find a group, do some research, but to just hop in and shoot space monsters is very easy. And yeah, I think Agreed. that's what Travis just is saying. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, don't worry, Joe. I got you, baby. You'll be on that show. We'll get the right crew together for the Elden Ring show. Don't worry. We'll do it. Um, all right. I think we've, I think we've covered Destiny ad nauseum. Um, you know, I know Travis could keep going, but, uh, you know, there's other and I will. Yeah. I will this Friday. <laughs> this Friday at four or this Thursday at four PM. You can find me talking about Destiny for several hours. There so. you go. There you go. All right. Let's talk Gamescom, guys. Uh we've got um, you know, Gamescom. We had the obviously we had the Destiny stream. We had the Xbox stream ahead of uh the official Gamescom opening night live with Jeff Keeley. Um, I'm going to give you my quick thoughts. Let's let's give our quick thoughts on the, the two streams, the core streams themselves, because I want to hear what you guys think. So the Xbox One, I'm of the opinion there was nothing per se wrong with it. It just didn't do anything for me. Um, the pre presenters, Paris and Kate, were fine. Uh, you know, nothing negative to really say. The, the Paris developer some of the comments going. Mm. No, no, uh, nothing. <laughs> I think he does a great job. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying of the show itself. Um, the content. The content, like right. the, the speaking to the developers and understanding nuances of Age of Empires and Flight Simulator. I watched the whole thing. Um, I, I actually really enjoy that. Like I do. My my only problem with it was that it came before Gamescom opening night live. And it felt like that's what people were looking at to kind of kick off Gamescom. It's like, oh, Xbox has a show, right? And it's like, okay, you get you get hyped up, and I know. They set expectations ahead of time. It's not E3. I get all that. I understand. Um, my only thing is, and I think it's really this simple, at least for me, is if that show came after Gamescom opening night live as kind of like an addendum, right? Here's additional content from Xbox on games you either are playing or some that are coming later this year. I think the show is awesome. But I think it being set up as a, we're kicking off Gamescom with this, uh, it just the format of it just didn't do much for me personally. Um, what do you guys think? Am I way off on that? Hmm. I, I think your takes are a lot more uh, fair than a lot of stuff I saw immediately <laughs> following the show. Okay. We had people up in arms. Obviously, everyone wanted to see Halo. And we after opening night live, the conversation shifted to maybe this should have been after that show so we didn't have those burning questions because you had people – angry people were angry that you know we didn't see halo people were angry that there was you know extended cuts on uh, age of empires 4 and flight simulator and stuff like that so i agree i don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong with the show i think if you're a fan of flight sim if you're a fan of age of empires there was some awesome information <laughs> yeah. there um but yeah i mean it wasn't everything in that showcase wasn't for everyone and i think some people just need to come to grips with that's that's Xbox's approach now moving forward with, with Xbox Game Pass is they want something for everyone. They don't want you to play every single game that comes to Xbox. That's that's not their intention. That's not their goal. That's not what they want. Um, so yeah, the Xbox showcase I thought was, was good. It, it was good, had some good information. Um, it wasn't what everyone wanted though. Um, opening Night Live, it was kind of strange that Xbox leaned heavily into opening night live. I understand that they probably wanted the crossover. That's that's my understanding is that they wanted, you know, more eyes were going to be on opening night live than an Xbox dedicated showcase. So yep. you had your PlayStation fans, you had your Nintendo fans, people outside of the Xbox ecosystem were watching opening night live. So it makes sense to have a few really big 
Xbox highlights in there. Yep. Despite what the what the hardcore Xbox community wanted. So yep. I think that's the right move ultimately. And I think if the showcase had followed that, it would there would be really no complaints. I exactly my the point I'm making. Yeah. And and I get the we, we say this all the time and I kind of find it weird that, you know, there, there's these big Xbox uh, content creators and, and, you know, whether you like them, love them, hate them, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But my point is, is that a lot of their audience, right, they're already attuned to the Xbox ecosystem. You're not telling them anything new. You're not selling them anything, right? Like they're already there. They're already buying Halo. They're already buying Forza. They're already buying all these games. Um, Whereas to your point, you know, you bring your biggest IP, which of course is Halo, right? And you're looking to get a lot of new people in the ecosystem. That's why it's free to play multiplayer. That's why Campaign's Game Pass. That's why it's launching in parody on PC and across all the consoles. Um, you get the eyes on the Gamescom show because to your point, that was the much bigger show. So I think that's fine. And like I said, I, I, there was nothing wrong with the Xbox show. If you're a dedicated player, especially for certain games, it was a good show. I just think the timing of it was... You know, it just it didn't fit with what was going on after it. Um, my opinion. What do you guys think, Travis? Dan? Yeah, I, I sort of agree with the timing thing, which is actually not something I had thought of uh, until you mentioned it. But yeah, the the timing as being like a pre-show, <laughs> like pre-opening night, does seem a little weird. In terms of the decision not to show Halo, um, I think Xbox is more. I think they've always been like their their philosophy is we're part of the gaming community and we want to be a part of all these things that happen. They want to give their biggest thing, Halo to Keeley for uh, Gamescom, not just to show that they, uh, they, they support Keeley, but also to show, Hey, we're a part of this community. And we, we put in for these like big events that are about celebrating gaming in general, not just about Xbox. Cause they could have very easily taken Halo opened or closed with it and made that show, you know, 4,000% more successful and more filled with hype if they would have kept it to their show. But I just don't think that's Xbox's style. I think they're a little bit more communal and a little bit more proud of like, they want to be a part of E3, right? They're not trying to like retreat and and do like their own sideshow. They want to be a part of the Game Awards uh, show. They want to be a part of Gamescom. And so I think it was strategic, their decision to give it, uh, give that up. Um, their their show for what it is their their separate uh kind of long form interview show i thought it was quite good i mean some of the stuff ran on long but with those shows you're not really working on time right like it's it's not a press conference where you only have 60 minutes of people's time and yeah it's a different environment out. too yeah, yeah it's just a different environment i think the important thing would have been a they maybe <clears throat> should have mentioned that halo wasn't going to be there and that they had given it to opening night you know, or or set that expectation in, in advance just to say, like, Halo's not going to be here. We're going to talk about other games or just told more people about the format a little bit sooner that it was going to be a little longer and and they weren't going to it wasn't just going to be like trailer, new game announced, that sort of stuff, which they did some of that, but they didn't really talk about the format. And I think that's what threw people off is they're like, wow, we've been like talking about Age of Empire for eight minutes. Like what's happening? Like, what is the show? Um, I, I think that was part of it. Um, and then, and then also, I just, I think you're right about the timing thing. I hadn't even thought about that until you mentioned it, but, uh, I think it probably should have been after opening night of Gamescom. So they get the big news out first, but, uh, I, yeah, I and, and then say, here's show. additional content. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought it was a fine show. I, I really, really enjoyed the Forza stuff. And that seemed like a, for yeah. me as a huge Forza fan, that was like a great headliner, uh, and waiting for that. And then when I saw it, I was like, yep, this is, I want to play this game so bad. Uh, <laughs> probably not going to have time for it this fall, but I really want to play it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, 
Oh, damn it. There was something. Else. Oh, about the Halo thing. You know, the, I, I kind of died on the hill this week on Twitter because I pointed out that, you know, in 343's weekly update last Friday, basically five days before Gamescom, Joseph Staten said, clearly, we're not showing campaign. Like, I mean, he, he made it clear yeah. that campaign is coming later. And yet everyone went in with these expectations. We were going to see Halo campaign. And it's just like, I don't think people really listen to what what our devs are saying or had watched that video from Friday. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't think a lot of people uh, catch the 343 blog, um, which is so a shame because they're very yeah. transparent. Right. I they're think very three, good. Yeah. yeah, 343 is really being transparent about what they're doing. So, Dan, I don't know. Did you catch up on these shows? I know you kind yeah. of were all over the place this week. Yeah, I, I caught up on most of it the thing okay. is you know what they did well is you know like you guys said there's a little bit of every you know stuff in there for everybody not everybody's gonna like everything that they see or you know as soon as they see something that doesn't interest them it's just, all of a sudden it becomes this show is terrible and then you know three games later it's like oh there it is that's what i was waiting for. <laughs> you know i mean that's that's basically the reaction but it, it's you know state of decay had a new trailer which got me super excited um and then I think what was the other one? The uh, the Forza the Forza stuff was amazing. Um, th- these are just so much and the gunk. I think yeah, the other one come in December. Uh, I yeah, love that. right. Yeah, there's so much stuff and the DLC for Wasteland Three is like I'm I'm super pumped. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean I kind of pick and chose what I you know what got me excited, but that's that's what it is. And, you know, it not if if you're playing every single game, you have no life, and you know it's not healthy for you. And I know about not being healthy. Trust me, it's, it's, it's not great. So, 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 just you know, yeah, you guys are right. I think this would have been better served after you know a little bit later on. With that being yeah. said, it was still great. I love seeing new stuff. Um, they 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 did it in a, in a in a presentation that wasn't you know what we've seen in the past, where it was you know it was just like gosh, I can't even. It's hard to watch. This was good. So yeah. and, it flowed flo- well, right? Yeah, that's the thing. That's yeah. yeah, and 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 you know, again, just learn from the past, and you know, that's what's starting to happen. So it's it's yeah. it was fine. You know, I got some good information on the few games that I'm looking forward to, and that's what I wanted. So yeah, see, I think <clears throat> I think that's the exact point. There is good information. There's good information on games that people are already playing. Uh, yeah. A few things that are upcoming. And that's why it's a perfect addendum show. <laughs> it's like exactly. that's yeah. that's for your fans who are already in the ecosystem and already enjoying most of these games, right? right? It's not announcements for new people. And I think that's what gets them in trouble putting this show in front of Gamescom. But just my opinion. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, and I think Yago, Yago, what's up, man? Put the Xbox show after Gamescom. It would literally felt like surprise bonus content. Then it would have been better received, which is kind of the point I'm making. Yeah. So mm. anyway, um, so Gamescom itself, opening night live. Uh, Jeff Keighley back, and I, I've been critical of Keeley in the past. Um, you know, not for anything personal, but just you know the way he certainly handled things. But I, I would be honest and say that I think, even for me, who's been critical of him in the past, it's time to give him definitely some credit. Uh, if you look at how he's grown the Video Game Awards, you look at what he's done with Summer Game Fest this year, you look at this past Gamescom opening night live, especially the transition from last year when the pandemic hit and, you know, everyone was kind of racing around and struggling to figure out how we're going to do this stuff virtually. Um, you can see in the, the evolution and the feedback taken and how they've kind of uh, curated these shows in a much better fashion than last year, in my opinion. Um, and I think that this opening light live show, it was long, 
Um, there was a ton of content, more than I expected. Um, and he does things like that some people don't agree with, like the musical segments or some of these other things. But um, in my opinion, you know, if you've got the time and uh, most of us do, you know, you can just throw this on whenever. I thought it was a good show. I thought there were some nice surprises. I think that he's definitely uh, evolved this into something far better, like I said, than it was maybe at the start last year when we were digital. And I think he's doing a great job. And I think he deserves uh, kind of credit and recognition for what he's done for these shows over the past, you know, well, a couple years now. Um, I especially like things like, you know, you have Lindsey Sterling come out, who I'm a big fan of. Um, and she does, you know, music from Tales of Arise, which launches next month. And that's not everybody's cup of tea. I get it. Um, but it is unique and it's kind of special in a way because you don't see that anywhere else. So I, I've got to give him props for kind of that stuff. And getting someone like Lindsey Sterling or these big name groups just to perform like that live for a show is that's not easy either. It takes a lot of coordination to do that kind of stuff. So got to give him props. But I enjoyed the show. I thought there was a lot of good announcements. We'll talk about some of the games individually here. Uh, in a moment, but um, you know, I, I really liked the show this year. I thought it was a lot better than it had been past year or two. Miles, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Jeff gets a lot of flack online. I mean, obviously, it's it's fair to criticize the show. He's had some pacing issues in the past. Yeah, but I, I think he's just unfairly criticized as like a, a PlayStation fanboy. At least on the Xbox camp, you have a lot of people who I think don't like him because they think that he likes PlayStation more, and I think. If he does like PlayStation more, that's that's totally fine. The dude clearly loves video games. And I mm -hmm. think every time he puts on a show, like getting those musical numbers, getting those people involved to like give you this extra look inside the game shows that the dude loves gaming and he is an amazing figure in the gaming industry. So I give the guy a lot of credit. I think he does a great job of curating big games. Obviously, people want to see the big games, but then really cool stuff. Dokavi, really weird that that kind of like Pokemon ish uh, that trailer with like the hyper realistic children. Do you guys remember that one? Hyper realistic children. <laughs> it's like the creature collecting, like they're riding razor scooters. They're like smashing giant animals with hammers. What's the name of it? Doka V. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, that yeah. really kind of stood out for a hyper lot of people. Hyper realistic yeah. children. I've got yeah. <laughs> hyper realistic children right it's, upstairs. It's a little uncanny, a little creepy, but he's got this amazing kind of curated selection of, cool big stuff you would expect and then stuff you totally wouldn't expect at all so That's very true for goes games, back to the whole thing there's something for everyone yeah so gamescom yeah. generally doesn't have a ton of big announcements um people you know complain that this show wasn't as good as the e3 show but that being said i still think this was one of the best gamescoms in general in terms of like game announcements and and trailers so yeah keely good dude loves gaming i'm excited to see his shows grow Nice. We've got some comments on Keeley. J.K. Foster says Jeff Keeley's on the Canadian Mount Rushmore. Um, <laughs> who else is on it? Uh, yeah, who I else? Yeah, that's a good question. No, I don't think any Canadians are worthy of a Mount Rushmore. Whoa! 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 They just alienated whoa, half our audience. Whoa! Celine Dion? Come on, dude. <laughs> I said Wayne what I Gretzky. said. Ryan Reynolds? All of them. <laughs> Come Go on. home. Oh, man. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. By the way, Keeley is the best Canadian import since William Shatner. <laughs> oh, yeah, Shatner. See? Fantastic. See? Travis, that comment, I'm clipping that. That's coming back to Good. bite you. Watch. Yep. Let it go. <laughs> Let it, I, I welcome the hate. I have to deal with Destin Legary. I've had enough of the Canadians in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. See, Leo. Leo coming in strong. John yeah, Candy. I mean, John Candy, baby. Come on. Yeah. Come on. 
Unbelievable. Yeah, Travis, get out of here, man. I got to mute you <laughs> for the rest of the show. But um, Dan, what did what did you think about uh, opening night live? I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know, like you said, Keely gets a lot of flack, but you know, that's that's more for his weird Kojima relationship for me than anything else. <laughs> but other than that, the guy, you know, he, he constantly brings it. These companies and and they trust him, right? That's why he gets this this kind of stuff, and 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 it's. And he does a good job. And I think, you know, with the information he gives, he does a great job. Yeah, he's a little corny, but, you know, it is what it is. Many and of us in the gaming sector yeah, are, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's nothing different. He fits right in. He's a nerd. And, you know, he's just really good at what he does. You know, and, and I think, you know, I, I'm all for this kind of presentation. So, you know, I think he did a great job as far as, like, what was shown. I mean, yeah, I'm super pumped about a lot of this stuff. So, I'm sure we'll talk about it here in just a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good time, man. It's a, it was a good time. And uh, as much as, you know, I still think they're, you know, kind of weird him and coach, but you know, other than that. <laughs> and and it, yeah, it was kind of funny that Death Stranding got the most time during the yes. show and closed the show. Did. And I'm like, this is a game that came out two years ago. What are we doing? You know it. <laughs> um, but anyway, Travis, now that you've pissed off our friends in the loft, yeah. Um, whatever well, their, their, their bacon, their bacon isn't real. That's all I have to say. Um, just shovel, uh, just getting that shovel out. <laughs> Dude, I'll keep digging. I'll keep digging until I get to a better country. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take that, Canada. Oh, man. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. Uh, no, I, I, I think he probably is a PlayStation fan. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. He's also Canadian. He does lots of things I don't agree with. He's still good at his job. Um, so I, 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 th I thought the show was really good. I thought it was it was uh, better than um, than a lot of the, the Gamescom shows we've seen in the past. And uh, I, the, the Halo news was amazing. Seeing the new console and the controller got Xbox fans like me hyped up and uh, I don't like Death Stranding. That game bores me to tears, but I still thought what they showed was cool. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a really good show. I'm, I'm excited to see how Gamescom is growing and becoming more of a show for big announcements and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, Gunk was awesome, too. I think we're going to be talking about indies later in the show, but I really like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm starting the hashtag cancel Travis as, as That's you're fine. talking there. So cancel we're me. There. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll start one called Cancel Canada. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh all right so let's talk about some of the bigger games uh let's start with halo let's do it let's do it so halo series x and elite 2 you know literally my world stopped everything as soon as that announcement happened i was in front of my computer multiple tabs open f5 key on and i sat there for about an no joke about an hour hour and a half um refreshing the microsoft store and doing everything and i got both of course because that's nice that's me but uh, anyone else interested in those or able to get them? Yeah, I bought six I, of them, and I'm going to uh, resell them. Don't, don't <laughs> you start. Don't you start. No, I, I didn't get any of them. He created only, a bot. Yeah, I did. That's what I did. I just like to, yeah, I just like to throw that out there every once in a while. Um, yeah, you know what? The Halo Elite looks really, really good. Yeah. I wasn't a humongous fan of what – I like the controller for the special edition. Okay. Not a huge fan of the actual Xbox. Okay. Um, but – I mean, you knew it was coming, right? I mean, that was kind of one of those things where it was just like, yeah, this is, they have to do something. So you figured yeah. they would. I think the concern I had as a collector of these things, as you'd well know, um, is with the scarcity 
of right. hardware right now. I was really worried that they just wouldn't be able to do it. So I'm pretty shocked that they still came through with it. Yeah. Now, you know, what would be great uh, would be if that Elite 2 controller was, you know, a, a really good solid product that I didn't have to return three times because I get, <laughs> you know, either stick drift or LB sticking. But short of that, you know, I, I love the look. Gosh, I love the look. I mean, and that almost made me buy it. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I like the the new the new standard controllers are good enough for me anymore. So, I'll tell you what, but man. Yeah, people love them, man. Yeah, you guys, Miles. Yeah, I I had the Elite Series Two in my cart. Like, I I was gonna <laughs> buy it. Like, I it looks beautiful. The thing looks amazing. I have an Elite Series Two already. So ultimately, I decided against it. I was like, you know, I have the Elite Series Two. Because it would just sit in a box, which would be cool. Like I have my Sea of Thieves limited edition controller just sealed, just sitting in a box. And the elite, like if you know, that's worth like it's worth like six, seven hundred dollars if it's sealed. Yeah, a lot. And it's one of those things. Like if it was a standard controller, I would have bought it in a heartbeat with it. But with it being an Elite Series Two, I couldn't just leave it in the box. Like yeah, my controller's so good. So I I decided against it. But yeah, the controller is amazing. And that console is really, really great, too. But I didn't pull the trigger. I I almost did. But I did. Fair enough. Travis, you into this stuff? I can't remember if you buy the you collect in this stuff. Um, I I'm really not into stuff that doesn't have a function. I don't okay. like like uh like statues and stuff. But like a special edition console, if it's something I can use, I'll get it. I just couldn't justify it in this case because I already own like two Series Xs and two Series Ss. Like, my <laughs> house is just filled with uh these Xbox consoles, so I I couldn't justify getting a special edition one. But I did get the controller because. Dude, it's a control. It looks like Master Chief, and it's the series uh, Elite Series Two. Like, I'm I'm not gonna pass yeah. that up. So, Great. I hunted one of those things down. Um, I was busy like doing, you know, IGN work when that show was live. So I was I missed the window, but I, I found a way to get one of the controllers later. So okay, uh, yeah, I got, I got a controller coming to me. I'm really excited for that thing. I'm a I'm a. I think somebody in the comment, or actually, it was Dan, said that like you know you, those things break. Uh, which is true. They have, they have production issues. My secret, and I recommend anybody who owns the series two is buy it at Best Buy and get the Best Buy. Yes, I did. Like $30 for a year yeah. and then you can just change it in every year. Yeah. Like yeah. you can yeah. literally bring it in at 364 days and just pay the extra, you know, 30 bucks for, for a new warranty or yeah. whatever. Um, Cause I've, I've managed to keep mine alive uh, through, I think I've had to turn it in twice over the couple of years I've owned it, but uh, okay. Yeah, it, it's uh, absolutely worth it. So Nice, nice. Nicks, don't you start free co-op. We're not doing that here. Oh Stop it. <laughs> I think I, if you wanted, if you wanted a, a content on that, watch last week's episode where Ains lost his, lost his mind over... I went on a little bit, yeah. He went on. <laughs> he went on a little bit. I, did, I actually stopped to myself at what, the six or seven minute mark? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, so December 8th, uh, and I, it's funny that, uh, Miles, I have you back on for this because we were joking about it, right? When we did that Halo roundtable, uh, or was it the E3 show? I don't remember. Last last time yeah, you were Yeah, it might on. have been around E3 or maybe you, right before E3. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about when we think this game's going to release. And you and I, I think, were the only ones on the panel that agreed it'd be the first week of December. At the time, anyway. Um, and I know we've kind of talked about that since. But uh, kind of funny, I was joking, December 8th, we missed it by one day, technically. But I'm still counting it. Um, but I think this is pretty clear that they want to give the team as much time as possible, right? I know people were big on November 15th and the 20-year anniversary, which is all cool for 
Halo fans like myself and others, um, we're getting the console and the controller on November 15th, which is kind of funny. Um, so you kind of all be set up to go. But um, at the end of the day, it's just an anniversary, guys. It, it, the game releasing three weeks later is not a big deal. And if, it, if three weeks allows them to crush more bugs, then by all means, give them as much time as possible. So I think this is really great. Um, I, I'm, the fact that we have a release date for the new mainline Halo game has just got me obviously incredibly excited. And uh, the fact that it also comes at a time when a lot of people get time off for the holidays and can kind of sit down and enjoy it is going to be amazing. So um, I don't think there's anything too surprising about the date, but I don't know if there's any commentary on that you guys wanted to make. Um, I feel <clears throat> that they they just slided me on purpose because my birthday is December 9th. <laughs> and they're releasing it in the middle of the week when you know they could have just done the Friday release, but but no, no, just middle of the week. I didn't week. even look. Is it middle of the week? December yeah, 8th? it's like a Wednesday or something weird. What is that? Why are they doing that lately? I don't know. Weird. <sighs> I, I, w I was sure, like going into these predictions of when it would drop, I was sure. I was 99% sure it would be a Friday. It is a Wednesday. Just a Wednesday. Let's go. Wednesday. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's go. Why not? Middle of the week for Halo. Let's let's go. That's well, that, that gives them two days to fix out all the you know server bugs that inevitably come with these big launches. And Friday, you're going to be Oh, there you sailing. go. You, yeah, I get that it. That might get actually it. be the reason. Make sure it works right. for the weekend. You, you might not be too far hey, off of that you day. Go. All right. so, yeah. Although Psychonauts released on a Wednesday, too. So who the hell knows? But yeah. anyway. That's true. Oh, that's interesting. Tried. <laughs> Maybe they have some data to suggest that Wednesdays are good for game releases. Mm. Who knows? You know, um, they got the servers, mm. man. They got data on us. Uh, yeah, I, I think the <clears throat> December eighth date. Like, I don't really care. I'm I'm more surprised they're they're foregoing the uh, Black Friday rush with with the way the the industry's going. But uh, I guess maybe they're relying on Game Pass, or they're not. They're more concerned with putting out a quality product. Either way, I'm increasingly convinced that halo infinite is going to be an awesome awesome game i will say my first thought when they said it was december 8th was i wonder if they did that so that they would not be in the conversation for game of the year this year because that's past the deadline it is past the deadline and, and i'm wondering i'm wondering if maybe my, the, my if i'm if i'm if i'm looking at this strategically if you put it this year right before game of the year awards and it doesn't win game of the year, it's immediately a disappointment. It's a lose-lose situation because if you become game of the year, you've just met expectations. Everyone is like, it better be game of the year or else. And if you don't get game of the year, then you've then you've let down uh, tons of people who are now going to say that your, your game is a failure because it wasn't game of the year, which was an insane expectation to begin with, right? And so a way to avoid that is to not be in the conversation this year, release a solid game. And then when you're in game of the year running next year, people aren't even going to remember your game came out in that same batch because it's a December uh, year from the previous year, technically. And I could see that being a strategic decision where they just decided uh, that they they wanted to avoid those that lose lose game of, of having to meet or fail expectations that it's going to be the the best thing since sliced bread. That, that's my, <laughs> my, uh, my that's theory. your tinfoil hat theory. My tinfoil hat theory. <laughs> Cons why they did it. Conspiracy. Yeah. Theory. <laughs> um, can I just say that personally, nope. I don't like, and Dan knows where I'm going already. Probably. I don't like that. The game of the year conversation is now dictated by the game awards on yeah. this arbitrary timeline of what a yeah. year is. I don't like that at all. 
Um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I get your point. It has become, as the show grows and the recognition for those awards gets bigger and bigger, it is what it is. I wish they would just do the Game Awards show like in January and do it properly. But that that's would, my, that would make more sense. That's my own opinion. It would but. make more sense, yeah. Well, I think a lot of outlets will still do will have Halo in their their game of the year conversations. Even, yeah. even if it's not part of the game awards, I think a majority of outlets will factor that into yes. their kind of year end yeah. reviews. We do. We do. And I, I mean, you know, obviously we matter most here on this big cast. So yes. Exactly. <laughs> um the other thing, uh, what you said, uh, Travis, about Black Friday is all that's that's been the ongoing conversation for every video game since the beginning of time. Um, you know, as Black Friday, you've got to beat that to get the the core sales. In. And I, it's it, it's interesting, right? Because Dying Light Two is releasing on December seventh, literally the day before Halo, um, and so they're missing it as well. Um, but I, I wonder if with Halo, to your point, you've got Game Pass, right? So, however millions of people are going to play there, you got campaign. The multiplayer is free to play, and from what we've seen, because you can pre-install it right now, is the multiplayer similar to kind of like Warzone and Call of Duty? It's going to be a standalone thing. It'll be mm -hmm. connected where you can jump between campaign and multiplayer, right? In in a in the game itself. But in terms, there's a download just for Halo Infinite multiplayer. Um, yeah. And so I think the fact that that multiplayer is a standalone product and free to play, campaign's going to be mostly Game Pass. I don't think they're really too concerned about sales per se on this game. This is a long term investment for them. They're going to recoup the money from a digital perspective over years to come. Yeah, my my thought anyway. I think they'll probably recoup it on sales too. I mean, it's they probably really could. Long, I mean, but, people yeah. under are underestimating how big this game's going to be. It's yeah. it's going to be a massive, massive launch. Yeah. So yeah. super excited. I could talk about Halo forever, but we'll move on. Let's. Oh, um, five dollar oh, uh, Canadian. Did super I miss chat? it? Oh shit! I'm sorry. Sorry. Right. Accept that money. Yeah, from Graham. Toycott Travis. I really wanted to get this one. Canada. <laughs> For the win, we gave you pineapple <laughs> pizza. Enough said. Now I've, hold on, I've changed my mind. I'm I'm with Travis. Love <laughs> yeah, the rest dude. Of pineapple pizza is I mean, not the gift you yeah. think it is. You're yes, it is. yes, it is. You. No, no yes, it's it is. not, dude. New York yes, pizza. All you need is cheese, plain. Fold it in half and eat oh, it. You don't gross. need pineapple on it. You yokel. I don't know how you brought New York into the conversation. Yeah. Like, I agree. Like the, it was a perfect product. Uh, a piece of New York pizza, just cheese, tomato sauce mm. on a on a pizza. It's and, excellent. And, and yes. they're putting pineapple on it. Yeah. Why? Why it didn't need it? I didn't it's say like, it. It's like it, oh my god. Get <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be Shatner, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. And, and then a, a pineapple, pineapple on it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Mount Rushmore. If that's, that's your Mount Rushmore in Canada, yep. you don't need a Mount Rushmore in Canada. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It's their Mount Rushmore, but it's four feet high. Yeah. It's just that big. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about Saints Row because I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. So Saints Row is getting rebooted. And if you're not a big Saints Row fan, um, you know, Saints Row came out the original came out years ago, Xbox 360, and the first one was a play on Grand Theft Auto. I mean, it just clearly was, right? They they were trying to capitalize on Grand Theft Auto. And as the series went on, it got wilder and wilder, and they kind of developed their own niche of this kind of open-world crazy, crazy, crazy game. Um, so this it's been gone for a few years. They bring this reboot back. It's still Volition. Um, open-world chaos still ensuing. However, they've kind of approached it of less of a serious kind of gangster whatever vibe you want to say and more of a um kind of modern take on you know here's 
2021 characters going after uh, creating their own way in this in this um, open world where they're going to fight on gangs. And there's apparently three regions in this open world led by different gangs that you're going to assault, attack, and whatever. Um, so I watched this, and I was like, I was never a huge Saints Row fan, but I watched it. I was like, okay, you know, cool. They're rebooting it if it has cool gunplay and gameplay in this open world, and it's more of like a playground sandbox type thing. It could be cool, right? I go to write up a thing on it, and I look at the video, and it's got more downvotes than upvotes on YouTube, which is never a good sign, right? <laughs> um, so it's got like tens of thousands of downvotes. And so I'd made the big mistake of going into the comments. And I actually uh, saw Brian Altano from IGN, who I, I really like, posted about this as well. And all the comments are, he wants to be on every show lately. I don't know what is up with this cat suddenly. It's like, anyway. Um, I thought you were talking about Brian. No, Brian. Brian's welcome. I, I would love to have him on. Very well. <laughs> um, but apparently, I missed the boat here, but apparently are very, people are very, very angry, at least a percentage of people, that it's taken this kind of, for lack of a better word, hipster approach or modern approach with these lead characters uh, and kind of just the, the design of them, I guess. And people are very upset about this. So... Um, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just naive. Maybe maybe this is stupid to begin with. I don't know. But did you guys get that when you watched this? Did you feel that way? Or do you understand where it's coming from? Explain it to me. It, it's yeah. I think it's dog whistling for like sexism. Like they're I think I think the people who are saying that are being like, oh, this looks woke to me. It looks like they're, you know, putting female characters and it's less like broy. That that's just based on the comments that I saw. It was like, okay. These are people like saying like, oh, I don't like the character design, which is like a wink, wink. Like this is not the the Saints Row that I remember that was uh, a little bit less um, oh. modern. Like words, words like modern uh, design or the, you know, it's like, like you can see it as like a, if you have the the lens for it, which is a, a, a Jew, I, I sort of see this stuff <laughs> when I when I look at comments on the internet. But that that's just my my first thought. Yeah, and I'm looking through the comments, guys, because um, there's a lot of comments on. It, so trying to catch up here. So Big Mad Mo, what's up, brother? He said um, he said not my Saints Row. So um, he it sounds like he liked the original vibe. To your point, yeah. Um, some other people saying they don't mind it. I don't get the negative feedback. So yeah, it seems to be very divisive, and I I don't know. It's 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 weird because I'll be honest, like I love Saints Row. Like I've I love them for being stupid. Even the early Saints Rows, I thought they were parodies of Grand Theft Auto. I didn't think we were kind supposed of, to same. take those games seriously because I spent most of my time just diving in front of cars and just reveling in how phenomenal the ragdoll was in Saints Row. <laughs> and like if you go back and look at the story, it's corny. It's so terrible. And I thought that was the point. Like and I made the yeah. mistake of getting online, getting on Twitter and be like, hey, I don't really get this. Like, let me know where you're coming from. Like, I'll be honest. I didn't think the trailer was like mind blowing. Like I didn't I wasn't like blown away by that reveal trailer. That being said, I've, I've talked to people who've seen the gameplay and it sounds like at its core, it's what you want from Saints Row. So I jumped online and said, what is why are people upset? And some of it. Yeah, some of it is just completely toxic. Some people are saying, like, I like the, the more serious Saints Row. And um, I guess I, if that is your take, I, I, I guess I understand that this seems like brighter and sillier and stupider. But for me, as someone who loves Saints Row, that's why I love Saints Row. I did yeah. not love Saints Row for a gritty gangster story because that's what Grand Theft Auto is. And I've always thought that Saints Row was 
in its own camp trying to be this dumb alternative to Grand Theft Auto. It doesn't care about having this gritty, grounded, dark story. It's just dumb. And yeah. that's why I love Saints Row. But um, apparently that's not why I, a lot of people love Saints Row. So uh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe people like Saints Row for different reasons. And the series did evolve so much between one and four in terms of silliness and craziness. Um, maybe that's where the divisiveness is happening. Because Big Bad Mo kind of says the same. He said part three and four killed it for him um, because he got too silly, too crazy. And maybe too that's it. Time. Maybe people are looking for more of a grounded GTA kind of competitor or, you know, uh, in that vein versus the parody, to your point, and the silly version of it. The, the people like Mo would probably like this game, right? It looks like it's dialing back the craziness a little bit and trying to be more like one and two. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to me, it looked almost like a kind of co-op Saints Row version of Just Cause, where you're in an open city and just causing mayhem you know, uh -huh. uh, everywhere. So I don't know. We'll see more. They showed gameplay, but it was what, like a 10-second clip? It was hardly anything. Yeah, so yeah it was not much. I, I guess haven't really seen the game, and people are already mad about it, which to me means that... I, I mean, I think some people genuinely just didn't like the trailer, but I think there is a little bit of like weirdness going on there in terms of like the the exact comments that are being made about like how the game feels i i, I think this is i think it's uh some bad actors in the comment section not not being uh straightforward about their their issues with it right could that, be my, could be and we, the most my, the most yeah. important thing is it will have insurance fraud so go read previews previews are out people have seen this game people played this game i will admit that the reveal trailer didn't do much for me but go check out what the what the game is and and try not to just write it off based on a lot of people are saying oh it looks like fortnite it looks like this garbage like they don't like the bright neon art style they're the same people who didn't like the redfall reveal trailer are complaining about these the saints row trailer it's this bright vivid colorful art style and redfall looks amazing come on yeah i thought yeah. that reveal trailer was cool this yeah. one i was i get it i this wasn't a great reveal trailer i didn't think but i was legitimately shocked to see so much aggressive hate for yeah. this yeah. reveal trailer yeah i didn't even know it existed until i saw uh altano post on it and then i looked at some of the comments and stuff i, I had no Oof. idea yikes yeah. so shizno kind of has a good point too is it's interesting to pass judgment on an unfinished unreleased game i'll never understand it um and some Agreed. you know but quite, quite a few people agreeing as well and it's yeah it's like just yeah, these, these instant kind of over-the-top reactions, I'm just done with. You know, it's like everything, something comes out, and within a minute, people are flipping out about it. It's like, just calm down, you know? Let, let's see more of the game. Let's experience what it is. So, um, got a super chat here. Damn, where am I at? Uh, right there. The characters look like hipster Starbucks, Dan Lazaro for $2. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't know if that's sarcasm or, or you're being serious. See, this is what I mean. Like maybe I'm just not getting it. I'm not processing. I think, but yeah. A lot of the comments were like that. Exactly. Is it uh -huh. like I said, they felt like hipsters felt like they left Starbucks and want to go fire a gun or something. And it's like, yeah. Okay. I, I, I thought guess. the whole point of Saints Row was that everybody looked and acted like a douchebag. Like, yeah, that, that's been that the, the mo. That's been yeah. the mo of the entire series. So I, I don't just know. don't know what they were expecting. I guess is my it, was, it was one of the though. first games that you could run around and smack people around with a rubber phallus. You know? <laughs> I mean, so I mean, if you're sitting here worried about <laughs> the film Trader three thousand out, that's a you problem. You know, <laughs> maybe the the you know the boobs aren't big enough or something. You know, if that's what it is, 
then you're just a scumbag and you know, you should probably play something else. You could go still play the original Saints Row, probably somewhere on backwards compatibility. So, you know, yeah, I have it. it. I have yeah. it. I bought it at launch. Still have it. Just be quiet. <laughs> I understand so we, what it is, Kevin. I'm trying to put it in a nice way. <laughs> Who is not out <laughs> and you know blurt out that word? What's so. up, Kev? What's up, Fast? Good yeah. to see everyone. Um, yeah, all right. So we'll we'll see what happens there, but we'll we'll move on for now. So want to touch on this one because this was a big surprise. I know my comic book friends were very big on this, uh, which is Marvel Midnight Suns. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, you know, anytime you get a kind of a big Marvel or DC release that people actually didn't know about, uh, at least, you know, generally speaking, this didn't leak and you're showing off uh, Ghost Rider and Wolverine and all these big characters in a new uh, Marvel game coming next year. That's a big announcement. So this was a cool surprise. I'm not a gigantic, you know, comic guy. We've talked about that many times, but I mean, uh, I think this is going to be a big game. Like I said, I know Leo in the chat, Luke uh, in the chat and several others. Uh, Mike's in the chat now. I think he's probably pretty excited for it. This is probably up his alley. Um, it just looked, uh, you know, it looks like this could be really something special. So you guys think on this one? I mean, Hell this yeah. is like right up my alley, man. This yeah, is, I mean, that's what I'm asking. You know better than me. And, and you know, Marvel maybe together, hopefully. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I was shocked, you know, and there's more stuff coming out about it. I've been, ever since it was Microprose, man, like with the... Wow, yeah. The, yeah, that was the, the OG XCOM. I still think it's one of the best games, you know, put out by them. The, you know, where you had like the actual squares on the thing and it was just... Yeah, it's like yeah, a board was, game almost. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, this is going to be right up my alley. I'm pretty excited for it. Nice. You get in these games, Miles? I'm really curious to see what it is. I've, I am kind of coming waves when it comes to the isometric turn-based stuff. I'll, I'll have years where I like it, and then I'll go years without playing one. You're very um, similar to me. I'm the same way. So, like, Wasteland yeah. 3. Wanted to love it. I was so excited to play Wasteland 3. Played it for about five hours. Like, okay, I, I, I get this. Um, I'm curious to see what they're doing with this story. It seems like they are trying to tell a an interesting story with this because I believe there's like new characters, correct? Like there yes, are completely the new character Marvel characters. Is an original character. Yeah. yeah, and what if I could get to my mouse because my cat is now laying on it. Um, like yeah, I said, so we, I, we've, we've got some fans here. So uh, Mike, uh, again, from uh, Backlog Chronicles, our brother's over there. He says, first, every, first ever, excuse me, Marvel custom character in a game. Um, yes. and, and Leo said the same thing. 12 heroes you can customize the main character you control. Yep. Yeah. So I read up on this one and the interesting thing I thought was that the developer said that it has almost no mechanics in common with XCOM. It's a yeah. turn-based RPG, but it's not like using the whole cover-based uh, shooter. Oh, thing okay. I don't know if you can. XCOM. I missed it's that. Just, yeah. It's just straight up a turn-based RPG. And they also alluded, they, they kind of revealed some stuff about like the customizable main character. That's like an original character uh, that you play, but also that apparently there's like social links with uh the the proper marvel heroes like iron man and captain america and stuff so you're like building relationships with them and kind of like mass effect 2 or a dating sim boyfriend uh, dungeon we, so oh, boyfriend dungeon Since we keep getting back to dating sim, <laughs> uh, it has it has can, can i turn my main character into a weapon you are a weapon you are a weapon technically yeah <laughs> that's um, the tagline you are the weapon you are a weapon. <laughs> yeah. uh i mean technically uh 
Hey, you like to make fun of dating sims, but lots of games draw elements from them, uh, You're so. pushing them on us every week. In fact, you said last week you've got to stop the habit of pushing dating sims every week. I really do. Here, I here do. we are again. Here we are again. It came out. It came out just, just, uh, I'm not a stream of consciousness. It wasn't, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't from the heart. It into this episode. Yeah. I'm just, I'm exactly. By the, Miles, by the way, Travis, Miles, uh, Kev, um, put this in the chat. Travis and Miles are comparing hair care tips in private chat right now. I can tell. Miles looks like he actually cares for his hair. I just wake <laughs> up and this, <laughs> this happens. happens oh, this is all know. natural. You know? <laughs> just to be clear, Dan and I are not doing that, no. in case you were wondering. <laughs> um, really? Because your hair is more similar to ours. <laughs> ours is, that's oh, man. I got another super chat here. Let me get to real quick. Yeah, Mr. Joanna Dark. $5 super chat. Hello, fellas. First time watching the show. Thank you, man. Shout out to Miles, the goat, Dampier. <laughs> I like to say it that way. It's always a pleasure. Also, Midnight Flight or Fight Express looked incredible. And that Thanks, man. did look incredible. Yeah, that's one yeah. of those uh, surprise indies that uh, I saw, and it kind of gave me almost the seafood vibes as well, but looked mm -hmm. really, really cool. Seafood. Yeah. So, uh, Dark, thanks, man. Appreciate the super chat. Thanks for yeah. stopping by first time. Uh, appreciate it, man. Hope you uh, hope it's not last time. Um, so yeah, this, this looks like a big one. The fact that I didn't actually know that, Travis, what you said, that it's less uh, kind of RTS, more uh, RPG with just turn-based combat. Now I'm, I'm even more uh, interested. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. All right. What else we got? Uh, <laughs> you know, let me touch on this because this is almost a running joke with the show from a, a mm -hmm. year or two ago now is Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Um, we actually oh. had, we actually had someone um, who that's used to come guy. by the show. So mm -hmm. I was in the E3 presentation for this with the producer in 2019, the last e3 you could go to right and so we put up a video about it started talking about this game because it looks fantastic um even if you're not a huge fan of the lego games it looks great <clears throat> and at the time we had someone that used to come to bitcast every week every single week and asked if i had an update on the game every week yeah. he would ains what's going on with lego star wars skywalker in saga every week in the comments every week and i was just like dude i don't know <laughs> i don't have any information on this game at all um so but it, it was cool to see it again this game for those that forget this was supposed to release in 2020 i mean this game is incredibly long overdue now it's releasing in spring they still don't have a date spring of 2022 it's finally coming um we've talked about it before uh it is a true open world it's not like the prior lego games it's true open world. You can go and do whatever you want, and it's got all nine games. I mean, it's a massive, massive undertaking, a new engine, all this stuff. So it looks fantastic. Even if you're not a big fan of the current LEGO games, I suggest you check this out. Um, but it's cool that we're finally, you know, we're seemingly approaching release finally and uh, that more people are going to get to see it. So um, you guys into this? Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. LEGO Star Wars. What's What's not to like, dude? It's Lego, it's Star Wars. I'm down. I want to play this game. Yeah, I'm with you. It's one of those things where I'm glad they're mixing up the formula because I love the Lego games. Like, I loved them for a long time. And then at a certain point, I, I stopped caring because it was like the same game every single time. And it got I too many. It. Yeah, too repetitive. So I'm excited to see what they do with this new engine and with this new kind of semi-open world formula. Yeah, fair enough. I want to um, see if they've if they've added anything in all this time that they've been working on it from the new Star Wars stuff that has been releasing on Disney Plus, The Mandalorian and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I know this is the just the the films, but 
you know, maybe we can get a little bit of that thrown in in, in the open world somewhere. Or what? Like, probably characters. They usually yeah, have right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Of characters. You'll probably get to play as like the Mandalorian. Get a Baby Yoda yeah, yeah. in there. I'm going to say Baby Yoda's in for sure. Yeah, you have to be, right? You can't right. not. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. So uh, Beast Mode brings up a good point too. The entire WB Games Division was screwed up due to cost issues and future uncertainty. So that's fair too. Who knows what they've actually gone through? There's there's always behind the curtain reasons why these games are you know two years late or something. So who knows? I just hope it releases. I mean, like I said, that presentation now was over two years ago. That was June of 2019, and it looked fantastic. Like I was ready to play it then. So um, let's just hope it, uh, it it launches well. So uh dying light 2 we touched on uh briefly dying light 2 it's coming december 7th we got the new video and update from them new parkour system they highlighted new combat uh kind of funny though like i said one that it's releasing so late in the year so going back to our previous conversation about game of the year awards uh black friday releases but on top of that this is now one day before halo um which Did is arguably they knew that no I mean, I, no i, I, I don't there's think no way they knew there's no, no. way no, I no. think I think most publishers would have thought Halo would launch in November, as we all did, right? And so Dying Light 2 maybe thought, or Techland, however you want to look at it, might have thought, okay, let's put this out as the the last AAA release of the year, and we'll get the, the Christmas rush and people looking for something new going into the holidays. And now you have arguably the biggest release of the year, maybe say for your annual Call of Duty or something in Halo, launching one day afterwards with free to play and on game pass <laughs> I, that's rough no, no man i can't imagine Techland is not a little salty about that like let's be real xbox has the marketing deal with dying light too like dying light has been shown on xbox stages constantly and then xbox comes and puts out their <laughs> biggest key one day after on a wednesday of all things they couldn't even give dying light a couple days to breathe <laughs> they're slam dunking halo the day after dying light 2. i saw that and i felt so bad for Techland. i'm like oh dude like dying light 2 looks dope what they showed of the parkour looks so much better than the first game like the game looks good but my god that timing sucks yeah, we've got we've got multiple people in the chat saying, "Do you think it'll get delayed?" I I, I don't I, think I, so. I thought it was going to get delayed no matter what. I mean, it's already been delayed and reworked and renamed a whole bunch in this past year. I just I I could like Techland's the type of company that just will just delay stuff. Like they yeah. don't want to put out an unfinished product that was delayed all the time. So yeah, I don't surprised. know. I don't think it's going to. I honestly think they're just going to move forward at this point. I mean, to be fair, the Dying Light community is bigger than most people realize. There, There's a huge community that supports that And also that game. not a lot of overlap with the Halo community, I don't think, would be no, my guess. No, I, uh, yeah, other than people like us who play everything, right? And are yeah, there's, there's yeah. a hardcore of the hardcore who play everything, but I think the average Dying Light player and the average Halo player, has, that's not a... That, those are a Venn, Venn diagram with a very small middle, would be my guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's kind of interesting, but yeah, I think someone somewhere, especially maybe your core devs at Techland, they saw December 8th for Halo watching that stream in Germany, and they're like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> come on! Come on! <laughs> come on. Uh, especially knowing how long they've worked on that game now. Um, so, yeah, yeah. wow. There, there's a chair in a wall somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That would have happened. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. 
but I mean, the game itself looks great. Like yeah. I'm super excited yeah. for it. Um, I think it's going to be incredibly fun. I like what they're doing with it. I've got the collector's edition. I'll be, I'll literally go from playing Halo that night, Tuesday night, because it'll launch at night, right? I bet Halo <laughs> goes live that night. Uh, go from playing Halo to waking up and going to pick up my collector's edition, Dying Light 2, and just sitting it on a shelf because it's not going to get played for a while. But um, yeah, anyway. Um, there's a whole bunch of other big games. I mean, uh, Forza Horizon 5 we've talked about. Looks brilliant. Uh, it's a known factor at this point. We know this game is going to be stellar. Uh, releases in November. I'm super excited about it. And uh, I don't know if there's much else to add there. I mean, it's just there's superlatives, you know, across the board. Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not a big Call of Duty fan. I would like to hear you guys' perspective here. So we did get gameplay. The weirdest thing about this presentation with Call of Duty, and if you were paying close attention to it, they go, now we're going to show you gameplay running in-engine. And they quickly jumped into the game. So he said in-engine just before they jump into the game. And I'm like, well, that's not necessarily, you know, what uh it's going to look like then that's what you're aspiring it to look like um so we'll we'll see uh, i think it's gonna you know play well and look well but i don't know call of duty guys vanguard back to world war ii they showed a good five ten minutes of a campaign you know a campaign mission is this interesting you from a call of duty perspective or are you feeling burnout what are your thoughts here i'll start it's okay call of duty I, what they showed was cool. Like the fact that we got a cool slice of the of the campaign was was interesting. Um, that being said, I'm in the camp that I don't care about a World War II story right now. Like okay. I need I need a decade before we start going back to World <laughs> War II. Like I could go another ten years without a World War II Call of Duty. So this game is is not for me. I don't care about it at all. But for the folks who are interested in in the setting, I don't know if any of you are. I am curious to see like what you're hoping for from call of duty vanguard yeah yeah that'd be good so if you are in the comments and you are looking forward to this game tell us tell us why because i'm very curious genuinely i'm not trying to poke fun yeah um yeah i i just what i see here just to give my perspective is we already know multiplayer is very similar mechanics i mean you can pick it up you know what it's going to feel like without even having played it it's just a matter of fact and Sledgehammer did the World War II Call of Duty three years ago. They're doing this one. You know what it's going to feel like. Same engine, et cetera. From a campaign perspective, you're going to get that cinematic campaign, what, four to six hours linear thing. The gameplay they showed looked very Call of Duty. Um, I, I'm just very curious what, what brings people into this on an annual basis. No idea. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be the guy to tell you. I, so okay. I, I, yeah. I, typically, I typically play Call of Duty for the campaign, and then I'll try out multiplayer a little bit. But um, yeah, like you said, like you, you sort of know what the what the what the game is going to be before you play it. And <clears throat> some of the stories are good in campaign, and some aren't. And uh, they're always kind of blockbuster, like popcorn movies, you know, that I, I'll just play through in a couple hours. And I don't really have strong feelings. And Vanguard has not changed my mind. There's some years where the concept or something about the the game makes me go, Oh, that'll be interesting. But this year sort of just like a, yeah, I'll probably buy it when it's on sale a couple months after it's out and I'll play through it and, and you know, maybe it'll be okay. But yeah, I, I don't think anybody on this panel <laughs> is like the core audience for. Call of Duty. Yeah, I guess not. No, I guess not. I guess, no, yeah. no. It, you uh, know, the, the, I watched this whole thing and it was just like, I mean, I feel like for everything that's happening with Activision, 
like the one thing that hit me was like, I feel terrible for Laura Bailey because she's, you know, (laughs) and nothing else. Like, oh, that looks cool. No, like I was just like, oh man, damn, I bet she wishes she wasn't on this damn thing. But it is what it is. She got a nice paycheck, I'm sure. Hopefully she, because I just felt bad for her. That's what I got out of the trailer. Yeah. 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 Not, not many people in the chat are helping us here. <laughs> no. no. Uh, pretty much the same comments we're saying. Uh, One bad mother. What's up, man? Good to see you over from Xbox era. He says, uh, feels uninspired. Mm-hmm. Activision hasn't taken any risks with the IP. Hope they get challenged in meaningful ways as fall by Battlefield and Halo. Easy year to be on active uh, on Activision strike. And I, I, I generally agree. Yeah. Um, now I'm trying to stay away from Battlefield comments because I've I have the past couple of weeks and uh, I want more than anything for Battlefield to launch, be incredible, and to really challenge Call of Duty. And uh, I can't talk about what I played, but my confidence has fallen through the ground. Um, so we'll see. Um, but uh, I think I think from a multiplayer, Halo, your only hope, I guess. Is well, and, and luckily, right, we know Halo multiplayer is fire. It's incredible. So I have full confidence in Halo multiplayer to be the multiplayer for the fall. Now I don't. It's still not as easy to pick up and play as Call of Duty. It's just not. Call of Duty is pick up, point, aim, shoot. I mean, it's very simplistic in that regard. Whereas Halo has these mechanics uh, that you know we we talked about. We don't have to go into it. So, but anyway, I guess we'll see. I mean, we all know Call. It's going to be the best selling game of the year. I mean, it just it just is. There's not a Rockstar game this year, so it's pretty much by default going to be the best game of the year of the, the best-selling game of the year i think uh you know with halo now being on xbox and pc if it was the old days where it was straight sales right not free to play not game pass that might have had a chance but still playstation being such a big audience call of duty being everywhere i mean it's just it's it's the biggest game every year it is what it is so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not we're not we're not the panel to give you call of duty insight apparently so no. We're not going to worry about it. All have right, guys. Yeah, have fun. I mean, that's the point, right? If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. It is what it is. Um, indie game standouts. So you mentioned one earlier. I just wanted to, this is kind of a broad section. Is there any other game that you saw that really kind of jumped out to you during this game Gamescom presentation? Um, you know, we talked about Gunk. We talked about, what was the other one you brought up? Uh, Doki V. Um, I thought Into the Pit looked cool. It's a small indie game. Not, not going to get a lot of people, but a first person kind of demonic roguelite like yeah i just you know i was like hey i'm in man this looks cool you know it looks fun and i think a lot of the best experiences i've had personally lately have been um game pass games or indie games that just you know you don't expect they're smaller developers smaller publishers and i've had a lot of enjoyable experiences lately whether it be uh death door right um another fantastic entry that came this year um Hades obviously is a little bigger, but I mean, there's just a lot of good games in that vein right now. So, anything jump out to you guys that you wanted to talk about? I was no. gonna say during the um, during the Xbox showcase, there was that humble bundle, like yes. montage. I wish they did deep dives into a few of those. Like Bushido, yeah. Bushido looked amazing. Um, yeah, and that's then another one. yeah, what was the one that was like a pixel horror sci-fi game? Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Help me out with that one in the chat if you guys remember. But it looked like a kind of old school 90s point and click PC game, but a horror title set in space, kind of anime inspired for the art style. Um, Help us out, chat. Yeah, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting. They've mentioned a few others. So Lady says uh, that Blade game is Stray Blade. Uh, That looked cool. Midnight Fright Express looked cool. Um, uh, Bushiden, yeah, gave me Sega Genesis vibes, no doubt. Yeah, Mm -hmm. sure did. 
I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I know what you're referring to, Miles, but I forget the name of it. I'm, that one's on my radar in a big way. So, yeah, the gunk, obviously a huge one. Uh, Doka V, like, yeah. if I was seven, that would be the ultimate game, I think. Looking at that game and what is in it, like your your scooter, your longboard, the, the bright, vivid colors. If I was seven, that would be the greatest <laughs> game of all time. But <laughs> as a 30-plus-year-old, a I'm like, I'm going to play it, but will I love it? I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I liked uh, all those games. I I get very excited about indies. I like that they respect your time. Generally speaking, only a couple hours long, and uh, give you. I mean, like Death Store, such a good game. Eight hours, and you just you like it, and then it's gone. It's not like Destiny, where you're a slave to it for a decade. Yeah, I just I like those. I'll, I'll always appreciate indies. Hmm. Beast mode says Arch fail. Archvale, Signalis, Signalis, Signalis. Okay, that's the one. Thank you, Beast. Yeah. Appreciate it, brother. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, if you if you didn't get the time, I guess we'll wrap up by saying if you didn't get the time to check out uh, the Gamescom stuff, definitely check out uh, Opening Night Live and and kind of some recaps. Uh, we put some of the stuff up on the site, but there was a lot. There was an awful lot. And uh, yeah, Mo says the gunk uh, as well, which is uh, confirmed coming December. So I don't know if that's going to be one of those last minute releases by Thunderfall December Games. Eight. Yeah, let's December. do it. Let's December 9th. Let's go. 7th, 8th, 9th. They're going to do up. December 6th and just really, you know, jump on uh, Dying Light 2. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I could see that one being that like pure holiday release, like December 20th. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, okay, play this on Game Pass over the holidays. You know, that type of thing. So anyway, guys, anything else at all you want to add about Gamescom? Xbox, all uh, that we saw this week. No, that'd be, that'd no. be a no. I think I think we've covered it. So I mean, there were plenty of other games, right? But uh, we could we could yeah, we've got to cut it off at some point here. So, um, so I think that's gonna wrap us up, boys. Um, oh, the only other one, one Starfield. more thing, just before we go, Starfield. They did. Uh, they had three private videos. Uh, or unlisted videos on YouTube that uh, mm -hmm. some people discovered and shared out. So they now added developer commentary to at least one of them. But essentially, these are short, like one-minute looks at some of the locations in Starfield uh, that they're building the worlds around. And, and as you would expect, the scope of what they're talking about here is really, really large and very interesting. So if you're interested in Starfield, love your big open-world RPGs, Skyrim, etc., Bethesda games. Make sure you check those out. You can find them obviously on YouTube. Links to them on our site if you need it. But uh, those were pretty cool. I don't know if you guys check those out. Yeah. Uh, so if you're part of their uh, mailing list, remember they tried to get people to sign up for that after the yes. announcement. Yes. Um, they, you got an email this week that had all three of the videos that oh, okay. were at one point private on on YouTube, and they all have voiceovers, and they just do a one minute video where they talk about the location. And they're very like kind of behind the scenes, like just creators commentary, not like, you know, Todd Howard, like talking in his like perfect presentation voice. It's just like some designer, you know, like talking about it, but you can just already see like the ambition and some of the locations you're going to be going to. And uh, one of the locations you apparently get high on, uh, on hallucinogenic fish. That's what uh, uh, Leo was like just that. saying yeah. in the chat here. You can get yeah, high on yeah, fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, so yeah, they're actually a lot game of the year. Bit, yeah, a little bit. It reminded me of like Outer Worlds because it had like some like allusions to like corporate and. Uh, but I like that yeah. every planet has a very different like feel. Like the fish one is like 
corporations own everything. And then there was one that was the opposite. That was basically like super anarchist and everyone, all personal Liberty. And I just like the, uh, the kind of exploring they're doing. It's not, it's not like outer worlds where it's like one premise. Like what if corporations just own space? It's like, Oh, there's a little bit of everything. It's a little yeah. gray and it, it does feel more optimistic than a lot of uh, sci-fis that you play these days. So I'm very yeah. excited for that game. Yeah, and as one bad mother says in the chat too, very ambitious, right? Because to yeah. we'll see to it to accomplish that well uh would be very challenging because <laughs> there's a lot of world building and context you have to give there. Now, I mean Bethesda, this is their top team, a lot of years in development, proper funding. So I mean they they technically can pull it off, but I'm I'm very interested to see what this game does um at launch. So first new IP in 25 years. I know. My God, that's wild to think it, about. It is first new engine in 25 years too. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not that far off because it's the first major engine upgrade. They said since oblivion uh -huh. and oblivion yeah. was 2006. So, I mean, you're at 15 years. <laughs> I'm still waiting for an oblivion loading screen to finish for the past 25 years. So, there you go. That game blew my mind though on Xbox 360 when it launched. Me like, too. I had a, a, a home theater with a projector at the time, a hundred inch screen. And when I first put it up in HD and played Oblivion, I was like, my mind was completely blown. Video games could never be better, right? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. I probably have thousands of hours in that game. Like I have every achievement in Oblivion. It's Oblivion? Disgusting. Yeah. I think we've talked though. It's not as good as Marlin. Yeah, it's, it's just not. It's not. No. But it no. had it was they were all transformative for different ways, but I would actually they were. say I would say Oblivion was like the most that that was the game that was so such a big leap forward for if you look at Morrowind compared to Blizzard, yes. there's no bigger sure. gap in those games. Yeah, and sure. and it, yeah. it also is the reason that like casual gamer casual gamers like the the Elder Scrolls games, like Oblivion was the gateway, and then Skyrim opened it up to like a whole new height. But yeah, I, I could talk about Elder Scrolls for a really long time. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get to do Very that by twenty twenty six. We'll see. We um, will. <laughs> Elder Scrolls six uh next gen next gen we'll check it out <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we are gonna go ahead and wrap up let's uh let's do our outros here so miles man always fun having you on dude um always good to talk to you and you are always welcome here you know that so thanks for coming out today um let people know where they can find you not that they don't already know for around these parts around these in this neck of the woods. in this neck of the woods people know Appreciate miles. you guys having me on always a blast um i'll keep it short and sweet if you want to hit me up just follow me on twitter at miles dompierre if you want to check out what i'm working on for windows central just go to windows central gaming on youtube uh, i also write occasionally over there as well but i know not everyone likes to read so um <laughs> there you go we know that all too well here at Season Gaming. Um, <laughs> thanks, man. Travis, what you got going on? Yeah, uh, I'm doing a review for the new Maneater Truth Quest DLC, which will be live, I think, on Tuesday. Uh, also doing a preview for the new uh, World War Z uh, expansion uh, that's coming out at some point. I don't know. I'm playing it next week. Um, and then uh, you can find my articles, previews, and reviews on IGN.com. I'm here on Sundays and I'm at the last word podcast on Thursday evenings. Also last week we got the fire team chat crew back together for an extra special that. episode uh, for um, in honor of the witch queen announcement. So we're going to continue to try to do fire team chat episodes every couple months when there's a lot of uh, big destiny news. Um, but yeah, that's, that's me. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at tag. Travis, if you care about any of that stuff, or if you want to shame me for the comments I made about, Canada 
uh it's all in good fun i love you guys just yeah joking. yeah we're gonna uh we're gonna get canceled travis trending here That's shortly fine. so we'll, we'll get I'm the fine. campaign together and we'll make sure you. I had a good there. run. I had a good yeah. run here on the before I got canceled. <laughs> oh, man. Got a good six or seven shows, and you know, it's yeah. good. Uh, Dan, anything you want to call out, man? <clears throat> no, I'll be here next week, probably. <laughs> uh, I'm working. I'm working on getting Ghosts done. So, the DLC for Ghost of Tsushima, so I can get a review out for it because I haven't written anything for three years. Uh, <laughs> nice. So, hopefully, soon, maybe. We'll see. Other than that, yeah, next week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Chat, you've been awesome today. Thanks for everyone coming out. Love seeing new faces. So appreciate you guys a lot. Thank you. And uh, as always, uh, anyone listening later, thank you. Appreciate the support. Uh, Let us know. You know, leave a comment. Let us know what we can do better, what you'd like to see. We're always watching and listening. Other than that, we will see you next week. Peace, everyone.